Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sofa Chronicles. My name is Josh. And before we get started with anything, this is paramount to me that we mention this. Uh, if you if you pray, I don't know if you do. I don't know what God you pray to. I don't care, really. Um, we need to send as much love and support to Josh and Sky Fox as we can. Um, for those that don't know, they're... They have a child in the hospital. I won't go crazy about it because uh, they're they're updating regularly on their social media accounts, and <clears throat> I can tell you that it is summer. Um, uh, beautiful, sweet little girl. She is twelve years old, about to be thirteen, and she is in the hospital right now. And uh, any, like I said, any ounce of love and support you can give to Josh and Sky Fox, every bit of it counts. And uh, we need to stay on top of them. We, uh, <clears throat> she is we absolutely the she is absolutely the sweetest little girl. She I got to spend some time with them uh, this last summer, and she's just an angel. So she deserves uh, all the prayers that we can send. Yes, absolutely. Um, here with us tonight, as always, perfect attendance on the show again. Uh, looking rather, you know, you, you you look nice, rather comfy and cozy in your. Dragon Ball Z pants with your luxurious red beard. As always, Jacob Giles is here. Hello, beautiful. Hi. What's what's wrong with my pants? I didn't say there's anything wrong with your pants. I hope not. I am extremely comfy. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with your pants. Other than I want to be in them. Anyway. I mean, your legs are a little bit thicker than mine, but we can try. Hey. Later. Anyway. Okay. Um, we have a doozy of a guest today, sir. Yes, we do. We do. We very much do. Um, he is probably one of the strongest masters walking around. With probably the greatest beard of all time. He definitely has the best beard out of all of them, for sure. <laughs> if, there was, if there was an award for best beard, he went it twice every year. Yeah. How he didn't win it at the Fox It Up Classic, I don't know. I don't which know Which I either. thought was bullshit. I did, but there's either here or there. Enter. I didn't officially enter that. <laughs> well, you should was, have because you you took first, second, and third. Yeah, you would have. You so, know what? You took fourth just to make everybody feel like bitches. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We have a very, very well known man from uh, the strongman community on today. And if you haven't seen him from the strongman community, you may have seen him on ESPN, Fox, or a little show called Ridiculousness. We have him, ladies and gentlemen, this close to Christmas, it just kind of worked out, that Big Bad Santa, Mr. Uh, Albie, say your last name, please, so I don't butcher it. Machaney. Oh, I got Albie it right. Machaney. Most people have never heard either of those, so, no. so I, don't, I don't get down on people for messing them up. <laughs> no, I thought your name was John. <laughs> John yeah, Jingle Hyversmith. John Claus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. My name is John Claus Van Dam. Oh, there he is. I heard him. I heard him. The only Santa I believe in. The strongest Santa I believe in. Is that the only Santa that you'd go down on? Uh, what? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> do, do fucking what? Where did that come from? 
You have a nice beard? Answer the question. (laughs) (laughs) I need answers. (laughs) (laughs) This is is great already. (laughs) Now I have to say yes. Yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> holy all I shit. can think of is the Irishman from Braveheart going, answer the fucking question. Adam <laughs> boy. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. That's a great way to start the show. Oh yeah, boy. Yeah, welcome aboard. That was good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for uh thanks for being here with us. A little bit of a a differences in time zone, but we made it work. I was going to ask. Yeah, well, uh, the North Pole, you know, pretty much the sun never really goes down at the North Pole, so I'm ready to rock anytime. You're right. What were you going to ask, sir? Uh, he's you're out in Seattle, like Washington area, Oregon, or, Oregon. Nope. Okay. Nope, nope. Uh, Oregon. I'm about I'm about five hours south of Seattle. I'm uh, I'm in Salem, Oregon. Okay. Because I knew you were up in the corner. I just <laughs> couldn't about remember an hour, what state. Hour south of Portland. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I say I got some friends in Oregon where they brew beard and grow weed. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with this. Yeah, no, no I'm I, I'm with it. Keep people pretty mellow. That, <laughs> yeah, keep some pain free. Prob- That's prob- the biggest thing. Probably not a lot of speeding tickets up there. Yeah. Well, not everybody drives like shit and slow, so it's like the second I go over the speed limit, I get one, but. Everybody else just lollygagging around. Of course, it's it's easy to speed in my cars. I my cars all either have a V10 or a Hemi in them, so they uh, oh. they, they like to run. Oh well, oh, he's he's one of those Mopar no car. Oh, is he V10 or Hemi? Yeah. Well, I I got I got a, a 2019 Dodge Durango RT with a Hemi in it, and then mm-hmm. a 2010. Dodge Challenger uh, six speed with a Hemi in it. Mm-hmm. The the Challenger is special. It was um, one of only a thousand made in this color. It's called Furious Fuchsia. So it's pink with uh, white leather interior and the uh, 40th anniversary uh, heritage wheels. So it's it's a pretty special car. But I drive it like an 18 year old borrowing it from his dad. <laughs> As yeah. you should. Def- I see nothing wrong with this. <laughs> Furious at all. Fuchsia. I feel like. That needs to be a lot lispier. <laughs> well, they and that was about the only tough way to sound and uh, make pink sound tough. But it, it came out with uh, around the time of one of the Fast and Furious oh. movies, and so it was. They uh, they did like a big promotional tour with the car and promoing the movie and the car, so they just called it Furious Fuchsia. Oh, okay. That makes so more kinda, sense. It's kind of cool. There's some pretty cool YouTube videos of them releasing it to the public and showing the car, and it's a it it's a lot of fun. It turns a lot of heads, and she's loud and fast. And just oh, what looking you want at in the Hemi, Jake just looked it up. Uh, looking it's at it here, bro, car. I dropped the shit out of that. That is yeah. That is a beautiful color. Yeah, it's not oh, yeah, a bad yeah. color at all. Yeah. Like what shade Dude, of white? In the sun, it just glows because it's like because it's got a pearl to it too. So in the in the sun, it just absolutely glows. Like, how white is the interior? Like, what shade of white is the yeah, inside what, of the car? What shade are the 47 shades of white? Uh, 64. Six, what? It's, uh, 
It's uh, I'm not sure what they call it, but it's like a snowflake. It's a bright white, um, and then it's got pink uh, stitching. So mm. it looks pretty cool. That's a lot of fun. I like it. Me, is like, is that your wife's car? I'm like, shit, no. <laughs> you can count on two hands how many times my wife's driven the car. Awesome. But <laughs> yes, Jacob, there are, according to the paint section at Lowe's, there are 64 shades of white. So it's gone up again. Mm-hmm. Can they just leave white alone? It's white. You have white, you have off white. That's all you need. You know, if this was a political discussion, people losing their shit and canceling you on paint. That's what I was about to say. If this was if this was a political discussion, you would be such a bigot right now. On paint? Oh my god. I'm sick with the argument of paint. I'm sorry. It's, look, I, you're not bothering me. I know what you're talking about, but if somebody makes a sound bite of this, let them. Because I'll throw in the word paint real quick. <laughs> you got to get, get that, that pitch, that, 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 oh, well, I can't do it. The, do it again. Paint? Yeah, that. Or do I need to do like, oh, paint? You're going to tell me you're getting mad over color white paint? No, that so, sounds too defensive. You got to go back with high voice. Uh, I'm good with high voice. Yeah. Yeah. I could say it the same way I say Miata. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta focus high on the uh, the uh, ain't part. You know, yeah. let everybody know what part of the country you're from. <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was trying but, to say. The oh, ain't part. Got, gotcha. I'm with you. <laughs> Pint. My, my my dad grew up in Texas, and for some reason can't say wait. He would say wait. Like fuck, does that mean? But <laughs> f- what is you know, you that? You tell people from the south they're saying a word wrong and they lose their mind. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong here. I'm saying it how I learned it. <laughs> I saint it with my own eyes. So one of the running jokes. I used that one. I think that was perfect. <laughs> well, one of the running jokes I have for me, I ha- I'm six foot tall. I'm walking around about 220, and I drive a 1999 Mazda Miata. And seeing me get in and out of Miata is kind of funny. Big burly guy, big beard, out of small, yeah. tiny car. So one of the funniest things I've ever seen was Brian Shaw getting in and out of a Miata on his YouTube channel. <laughs> I oh saw my that. God. And that's the most hysterical. <laughs> like I, so I can't bend my leg worth of shit. So getting uh, right now, I'm driving the wife's car because Barbie. That's what I named my pink car. She has plenty of room to get in and out of, but she's a six speed, and I can't work this left leg. And my little daily driver is this uh, Mazda Tribute. It's like a Ford Escape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can barely get my leg in that, but but I can get my leg in in my wife's rig just fine. And all I can think of is it's a good thing I'm not any bigger than I am because it, it's a pain in the ass to get that one stiff leg in there. And then it's like I always wanted to be taller until I got fat. And then the ground just got just as far away. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, do I wreck. Do I? Does that resonate with me? Just as hard to reach my toes, 350 pounds as it would have been seven feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. I drop the keys on the ground and I contemplate just kicking them across the yard till I get to the door. Well, the one thing. I just call a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the one thing that I uh, I do is whenever we, we start talking about the Miata, it's never Miata, it's always Miata. Yes. So anytime we're on the road, it's like, look, there's a Miata. Yes. And now with well, feet. 
I was going to say, now with Fiat working with Mazda, they made the 124 Spider on the same platform with the uh, the new ND Miata. So whenever I see one of those go around, I'm like, ah, look, it's a Fiat. Yes. Yeah. So. Had, you had to go there with that. Oh, yeah. And you should probably get two just so you can play off of the Cars movie and have twins. I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Technically, I do. Technically, I have I have two Miatas. I have, like your biggest I have a fans. 97 and a 99. Yeah, both uh, both are both of them are five speed. Both of them are supercharged. Both of them are really fun. Uh, one of them has been a pain in my ass for the last two years because just engine. Ugh. Yeah, but yeah. So I got those two, and then I just bought a new toy that I'm not talking about right. Uh, not talking about yet because I got to do some other stuff to it. We'll I take got, off, Mike. Yeah, we'll tell you. You gotta, off. you gotta, you gotta find the right, you gotta find the right lube for it. Kinda, maybe, possibly. <laughs> I, made um, I made it dirty. Sorry, my bad. No, it's fine. It it died on me last night while I was riding it. It didn't give <laughs> oh, me any fun. No, no, I was, dude. I was talking. About, I was balls deep on it, and next thing I know, it threw a code on me. Said, "Hey, get off." Oh, yeah. But, Man, that's not good. I know, but I have. One, two, three, four, five trucks, an SUV, and the car. I don't think you should claim vehicles that you can't drive. Well, one of them wasn't on, wasn't my fault. <laughs> I paid someone to do a motor swap, and they kept three grand and took the motor out and ran with it. Mm-hmm. So, can we name that person on here just so we can run yeah. his name in the ground because he's a piece of shit? Nope. Why? That's, that's not how it works. Well, I do. Uh, that's fine. That's great. I'm not doing it. Okay. Me too. I'm a bit of a dick like that too. Yeah. I, I make it a point. Like if someone wrongs me, every person I talk to for the next three years hears about it. Like yeah. I don't ever want that dude to do business. I don't want anybody trading money with him for anything. Yeah. It's like, and it's not like I'm trying to cancel. I just say, here's what happened. Here's how this person did me. Be wary of him doing you the same way. That yeah. Kind of thing. But so we, we you know, won't I, name him, but I can he respect is. Your, I can respect your. <laughs> well, there's currently enough going on with him. Um, actually, one of Josh's cousins, I believe, is uh, doing some stuff. Um, <laughs> legally, I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah, there's there's plenty that should be happening here soon. So me saying anything is not going to hurt or hinder. Well, you just let me know when you're ready for me to shit on him, bud. Uh, we're good. But <laughs> I did. It's whenever whenever that truck gets done, like, though, that's going to be a fun truck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm getting ready. To actually, hopefully tomorrow or Tuesday, go talk to a guy that has a motor that I want. Hope he still has it. Sorry, I didn't mean to cough into the microphone. Um. I made my shake, but I didn't have my little shaker bottle to make it in, so I made it in a mason jar. Tell you what. Anyway. Tell you what. And uh, I didn't have any egg whites in a carton to put in it, so I just put two raw eggs in it. And they're all at the bottom. You didn't cough. You, you gagged. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I swallowed. I didn't gag. boy. <laughs> no boy. No Putting up a fight. He that man it. is dedicated. <laughs> yeah, when I it, wasn't this yolk and membrane I was not prepared for. When the slime hit the back of the throat, he smiled. 
Mm. <laughs> Reminded him of college when he needed the money. <laughs> Don't I you go down go to- on him now. I didn't even go to the college. I was just there. You just needed the money. <laughs> I just needed the money. I wasn't even in the school. People who's used that? to give us money to do jobs. Who's that, who's that over there in the quad playing hacky sack and a thong? It's <laughs> a bold move there, Cotton. Know, throw him a frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah. Oh, Ooh. man. This, this has gone so good. So well. I know. It's so great. We're... We're 16 minutes in and we haven't got anything accomplished yet. Well, we talked about a mutual right. <laughs> a mutual friend of ours. <clears throat> mutual friends. We uh, did. With uh the great disappointed dad himself, Mr. Mr. Chris Stewart and um Damian yeah, yeah. Norris. I tell you, Albie, they, if you uh, ever good to kick it with. Oh, dude. And watching them together is like watching an old married couple because Damien will stay and talk places at for eight hours, and Chris is usually ready to go within the first forty five minutes, and then at the forty six minute mark, he starts letting you know that he's ready to go. Like if we're at a restaurant, I've or, never seen anybody. Nobody can sigh with their eyeballs and forehead the way Chris can. Oh like, man. <laughs> 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 eyebrows just like he's trying to like focus on something without looking through the scope like he he just yeah you've seen it oh you've yeah seen the look uh, yeah i tell you i tell you what one of the funniest things it's uh it's after the ragnarok games um we had all judged chris was competing damien was judging i was judging and we're sitting down in the front row and i'm drinking because they gave everybody a bottle of vodka and i had almost finished mine at this point and uh, there was one chair open next to me, and um, Magnus Ver Magnuson comes down and sits in it. And I'm like, "You got to be shitting me right now!" I look over at Chris. I'm like, "Holy shit!" He's I'm and I'm drunk now, acting <laughs> like an asshole, just cracking jokes and shit. And I like take a I take like a little selfie video for my story. I'm like trying to enjoy myself, and some homeless guy sits down, and starts asking me a bunch of dumbass questions, and then I show <laughs> Magnus Ver Magnuson, and he's smiling. And you know he's laughing, he's enjoying his time. Damien was sitting, Chris was sitting to my left, and Damien was sitting next to him. Damien pulled a chair up, sat in front of me, and aimed it right at Magnus Ver Magnuson. Starts asking him questions, and you know just making conversation. I was like, okay, well we're in the front row of the award ceremony, and he's sitting like this. And then he goes, does it, does it, does it get real cold in in Iceland? And I looked at Chris, I go, this motherfucker. Just ask the world's strongest man if it gets cold in Iceland. (laughs) (laughs) I can I can see it now. I can I can see that hell. Hey man, I got I I got a question. I want I wanna can't it it, is it really get that cold in Iceland? Does it is is how cold does it get there? (laughs) Me and Chris were wheezing. Just wheezing. I got I got one for you about Chris and Damien. <laughs> it's it's Fox's bachelor party. And we oh, went to shit. A, Oh, bro, no, just you know, let me get there. We went to a restaurant first called Rodizio. <laughs> it's an all you can eat restaurant of 
basically meat in a buffet. Like you go in there and they give you this little, this little like hourglass looking thing. If you're, if it's up and green, they're going to bring meat and sides to your table all night. And we had <laughs> in this, in this group, like, it a was, Brazilian, like one of them Brazilian joints. Yes. In this group, it is sitting nice. at the table. It is Damian Norris, Chris Stewart, Andrew Lewis, me, Josh Fox, Will Irvin, uh, his brother-in-law, and his best man, Jonte Brown. Ain't nobody at this table under 210. The, I think, as a matter of fact, I think no. Fox might have been the smallest one there at 231. So <laughs> you've got three, like, stud master athlete strongman. Me, who's still trying to gain weight and make my name, and Fox, who is who's in the running with the 105s. And, you know, Will's a firefighter. He can eat. John Tay's, I love you, bro. He's, he's just a big dude. He eats too. So, I mean, we all had the meat switch. The cook come out and took a deep breath. He looked at his table. He's like, oh, God damn. So we left there, and we went to Sammy's. It's a strip club in Pensacola. And we get tables. You know, we let, you know, tell everybody, hey, it's a bachelor party. We're doing all this kinds of stuff. And there's this. And there's this stripper that Damien keeps talking to. She's going through school, and that's what he keeps asking her about, is going through school and this, this, and that, and the other. And then she'll get up and go walk off, and then did he'll turn around. Did they give you books for that? <laughs> yeah, just that kind of, sh- that kind of shit. And Chris drove. No, I think I think Damien drove, actually. So every time, every time a... A server or somebody would come around asking if we want drinks. She'd ask Chris, sir, can I get you anything? Nope. I'm ready to fucking go. <laughs> I don't want nothing. I'm ready to fucking go. <laughs> We'd say, Chris, why don't you just tell him? You fucking tell him. <laughs> hey, Damien, I think Chris is ready to go. All right, in a minute. He said that an hour and a half ago. I'm ready to fucking go. Then you see, you see his whole face sigh. Just that, just that. <sighs> That was the funniest shit. Just listening to them bitch in a strip club. We are in a strip club listening to him bitch at Damien about being ready to go home. This is the funniest shit I've seen. You almost want to like mess with Chris. Like, what? You don't like girls no more? Yeah. (laughs) I wanted to. I didn't know him well enough at the time to start poking and cracking jokes at him and shit. Now I would. I absolutely would now, but I did not know him well enough then. So yeah, that's that's, that's one of my favorite Damien and Chris stories. Is just just seeing them nag and bitch at each other. Oh, they're like a, a big gay married couple. Like yeah. If 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 I had to picture it, that's probably how the bickering would go. Yeah. You know, Saturday morning, I want to go to Lowe's. Well, I want to go to Home Depot. <laughs> well, you got a truck. Go to fucking Home Depot. <laughs> but I want to go to Home Depot but with I you. God you damn it! <laughs> I don't want to hold your hand as we walk the aisles. <laughs> we were gonna split a bucket, man. Fuck you in that bucket. <laughs> 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 dear, dear Lord, baby yeah, I Jesus. <laughs> I tell you what, you know, it's 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 fun times. Like uh, when I when I got down there for the Ragnarok Games to judge, 
you know, I didn't, I didn't know too many people and, and Ralph had like, Hey, I want you to come down. Okay. So I walk in the joint and I'm just, you know, I'm kind of looking for anybody I'm familiar with, you know, so you can just kind of kick it. And first person I run into is Gabby Bergholzer. And we had like, like barely talked at OSG the year before. Like I walked up to her and I said, I had to find the best traps in the building besides myself. Yours are the ones. Congratulations on having the, you know, gave her a hug and that was it. Well, I walk into Ragnarok games. She sees me. I think she was looking for someone to kick it with too. And then Chris and Damon showed up and the four of us were like the four horsemen. Like we just kicked it the whole weekend and she is an absolute hoot to hang out and party with. And of course, you know, Damon and, and Chris are, you know, salt of the earth. And we had a great time down there just, you know, hanging out and, and eating. Oh, we ate a lot. Oh, food was good. But yeah, I, uh, I, I'm a big fan of Miami cause I had been to OSG a couple of times in Daytona and spent some time in Orlando with the family at the amusement parks and shit. But, uh, spending time in Miami was amazing. Miami was cool. And then like my favorite spot in Florida now is Pensacola. Cause I went down there for Josh's contest and eating the food like Pensacola is by far my favorite spot in uh, Florida now, just because the people were cool. It was like a cool spot. You see the jets flying over. The food was phenomenal. Like he took me out to this place and, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was just across the river into Alabama. And he goes, well, you ever had crawdads? I'm like, no. He goes, well, we'll start you off with like a pound. I'm like, okay. I smoked through those in a few minutes, got up to go to the bathroom, and I came back, and there was a whole fucking pizza pan full, like 10 more pounds worth. He goes, well, if you liked them, you'll, you'll, you'll do fine. I'm like, all right. And we just sat there until my fingertips was raw and my mouth was sore from eating because that was <laughs> those things were amazing. Yes, but yeah, as, I, as I it should. Love my time down there. Well, that was uh, that Absolutely was where I met you. That was yeah. where I, I met you yeah, in person. Was that so was that good. Fox? You were you were talking to Chris Stewart, and um, uh, I introduced myself. You introduced yourself, cordials, all that kinds of stuff, and then Chris Stewart starts We're talking about. You did immediately um, when Chris Stewart said that I was in the wedding and you looked at me and you said, oh, is this the guy with those pants? And uh, so, oh, good. Stories made it from C to yeah. signing C. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Like someone got you the wrong size britches for the wedding and it was just ridiculous. And apparently yeah. you're packing heat and the whole congregation saw it. That's good times. <laughs> That's good. That's how you make an introduction. That's how you let everybody know, you know, what's going on. Dude, I wish because Fox was miked at the altar. <laughs> and we talked about it here on the podcast of how fucking funny that shit was. And unfortunately, they lost the audio because the entire time of uh. us at the altar until the ceremony started was them fucking with me the entire time. Every groomsman that was up there was yeah. fucking with me. Like Damien's Damien's pinching me on I the mean, ass. It's like, I can't even grab these fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're wearing uh, Aaron Gray's hot pants from Buck Rogers. Oh, dude, these things would have beat those hot pants. I couldn't like those were my hot pants. Oh. They, they was bad. <laughs> they was so bad. It was so That's bad. Times. Uh, 
That's good times. It was a fun wedding, but <laughs> that story has gone around quite a bit. And people I did you know, not know. That was a fun contest. I was I was glad to be down there and kick it. I, I just I tell you what. So here's the deal. This sport has brought me more joy and introduced me to more cool people than I've met in my and I've been at it nine years this month. And I have met the best people that I've ever known in my whole life in that nine years. Like these the people I've met through this sport is just absolutely amazing like i i I hang out with guys from my very first um nationals at the olympia from 2015 2015 or 16 um that's when i met uh vaughn sikorsky george pearson mark bevins um uh and ken mcclellan i competed against all those guys walked in there a virtual unknown i had placed third at a qualifier up here in oregon and then showed up down there. Nobody knew who I was. You know, just a big fat kid. I think I was probably weighing about 375 still. And then showed up and, and won the pressing event. You know, and when you beat Ken at anything, everybody's gonna take notice. And mm-hmm. um and it was it was pretty wild. Like I loved that time there, but those people that I met, you know, nobody was real like friendly to me right off. But now, you know, I travel the country fly across to pittsburgh to train with vaughn and george and and the crew and stuff so it's it's truly blessed me with some amazing friends and then my coach mike cromer i met him when we competed against each other in 1999 at the oregon state strongman championship oh wow i narrowly beat him we were tied and they didn't have a way of having a tiebreaker so they um came up with a sixth event and it was like a pony keg toss and uh it was the best of two throws or whatever and so i ended up edging him out and you know he's been sore about it ever since <laughs> he <laughs> he wrote my program when i made my comeback and i was like man you really are mad this shit's hurtful because <laughs> <laughs> i had i had uh, we had competed again in 2000 and then i started making kids having jobs that took me away from the gym. And so I had about 15 years where I didn't really train. And it was, it was nine years ago this month when my son was born and I was weighing right around 400 pounds and my other kids were having to put my shoes and socks on for me. And I thought, you know, I was 40, I was 42 at the time. And I thought, you know, I'm going to be 60 years old when he graduates high school and you don't see any happy, healthy 60 year old 400 pounders. You know, if you do, they're in the little scooter at Walmart wheeling around as miserable as shit. So I thought, all right, well, I'm going to get in shape and started training immediately injured. Like I got like elbow tendonitis and, and, uh, so I started doing some, some searches and I found a contest to do. And well, actually first before, while I was YouTube and, uh, elbow pain, this, uh, video, um, called powerlifting mentality by Mark Bell came up and I know everybody's seen it, but he's like, he goes, you know, we're all going to die. We're all going to be in pain. You might as well be a fucking savage in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And that just resonated with me. I'm like, all right, time to push through it. And so then I found a contest to do and I went and did it and I got my ass beat. Like I came in last place. I lost to a guy who was a hundred pounds lighter than me. But I was wearing a T-shirt that looked like a Santa shirt, and everybody loved it. Like, the kids got into it. It was like it took the pain away from coming in last. 
But then Cromer found me on um, someone had posted that he was friends with that they had met like the strong man Santa. And he sent me a message and he goes, yeah, I saw you get your ass beat this weekend. He goes, I could write you a program and that shit will never happen again. And I said, let's do it. And mm-hmm. he did. And it hasn't like I, I don't often just get, you know, my ass beat too bad. So he, uh, he definitely changed everything. You know, Cromer is very knowledgeable because at the time in 99, I think he had been at it a couple of years already, but you know, he's still going strong. Like he, he was kicking ass the first day at OSG, you know, so his, his breadth of knowledge is incredible. Yeah. So I'm happy to listen to to everything he has to say, but it's, you know, it's a testament of hard work because I've lost 135 pounds now over the nine years and established myself as, you know, kind of a staple in the sport. And so it's, it's, it's just all about, you know, how bad do you want it? How much pain can you endure? And, you know, your resources, can you afford to go do it? Can you buy the equipment you need? You know, or can you find people that have it that will share it with you? So it's it's just a beautiful sport, and I can't wait to give more to it. Oh yeah, man! It's it comes up every time we have somebody from Strongman on the show. That just this community is is unmatched. It's just it's an it's I, I haven't met anybody in this community that I wouldn't that I wouldn't 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 goddamn it wouldn't want to spend time with again and train with again and compete yeah. with again and just. You know, it's 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 a great I've group met of a people. Couple that I could do without. I've met. I've come across a couple that I can do without. But I, uh, for the most part, everywhere I go, I make new friends. Like we did a contest. Uh, well, we didn't. Um, local guy named Jeff Walling, who is fairly new to the sport, but he's taken over the reins as the state rep for USS here in Oregon, and he did like his fifth. Um, uh, ugly sweater classic contest and he had a hundred athletes it sold out in four and a half hours holy shit and just yeah yeah he could he could easily make it twice as big if he wanted to and just put on a hell of a show and i went up there just to watch and there's a couple people who came up to me and talking and one guy's like oh i'm pretty new and i haven't even ever done a farmer's handle and i'm like well i'll take you over here and show you how to do it real quick and gave him a crash course on the field before they were about to start on how to carry a farmer's handle. And, but it's just, you know, hopefully I get to coach that fella cause he's, he's hungry and he loves the sport and he wants to get into it. And I'd be happy to, to coach him and, and lead him, lead him down the road. Cause he was, he was pretty hooked. And there were a bunch of other people, new athletes, people doing their first contests ever. I'm like, well, you, uh, this is, this is the bug that bites you doing your first contest and having a good experience with it. That, you know, hooks more people than anything. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I didn't have a great experience in my first comp because I came in dead last and got my, my whole ass kicked at my first competition, but that's okay. Cause I had a blast coming in last. I met some amazing people yeah. like, <laughs> like Matt Farino, who's uh, over Mississippi. That is, uh, Lord, excuse me. He's in Louisiana. Excuse me. Matt Farino is in Louisiana. I'm so sorry, Matt. I apologize. Uh, he is just an amazing human and he is eat up with strong man. You know, it never, it never fails. You go to, you go to a competition somewhere locally between like, I don't know, fucking like between, it seems like between New Mexico and Maine and 
he's there doing something. Like he is a part of it doing yeah. something. And he's just he's just a wonderful human. Um I met Zach Groundsville, who is he is in Mississippi. Um, you know, he's up there in Clinton. He does the Red Brick Rumble. Uh Red Brick Rumble two is coming up in April. It's it was such a good comp this year. I can't wait to do it again. Uh, obviously, as as everyone knows, the 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 powerful Tates, Aaron and Aaron and Daniel, they're up there in North Mississippi. Oh, yeah, yeah. They are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. I love them dearly. Sure. Shout out to the Tates, Daniel and Aaron. I love y'all so much. <laughs> and I, I had only just met them at uh at uh Josh's show down there and hanging out with them and they were just he's got such a dry sense of humor and it was hilarious. Oh, and, he's awesome. And Aaron was just a hoot. You know, uh, everybody down there was just funny, but that guy was just like no, he knew he was sidelined because his bicep, and you know, and we were just shooting the shit, and went down. Uh, we had some food down by the water somewhere on a, on a, I want to say on a little island, and just sat there, had a few drinks, and ate some good food, and just, just good folks. I, that's the cool thing about uh, the sport is, is odds are you sit down and you can shoot the shit with just about anybody. Yeah, like they all seem to be pretty cool. Yeah. So you made a reference to some comeback and you are no stranger to a comeback because you have, <laughs> you had to do that last year with, uh, did you tear your bicep or did you tear your peck? Peck. peck At uh, yeah. OSG 2020, I had, uh, the 325 log press. I got out there, cleaned it up real easy, pressed it overhead fairly easy. As soon as I locked it out, I was like, sweet, I'm going to get two or three of these. And as soon as I brought it back down to my shoulder, ripped the pec major right off of my bicep. Mm. And uh, didn't even realize it. It was just like a pop. And I was like, shit, that stung. Well, let's try it again. So I cleaned the log up and got it about three quarters up pressed and couldn't couldn't lock it out. And uh, I was like, well, this is really weird. So I went over to the sidelines. And, you know, and of course, you talked to uh, Doc McDougal and the other fella. And they kind of feel around. They're like, well, it seems like everything's still attached. I'm like, all right, well. Let's keep going. So I finished the contest. Um, but the next day when my entire torso turned purple, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I think there's something wrong. <laughs> and so um, we, when we got back, I, I immediately made a, made a phone call to my clinic going, I'm going to need to get in and get this looked at. I think I tore my pack or something. And, and uh, they scheduled me for an ultrasound, which didn't show anything. And I just kind of chuckle now whenever anybody wants to do an ultrasound. I was like, uh, the ultrasound didn't show anything. But then when they do an MRI, they're like a full pec major tear. I'm like, and an ultrasound didn't see that. Like the biggest tendon <laughs> from your chest attached to your bicep and that didn't notice it was missing. So hmm. when I tore up my knee, they're like, well, let's schedule an ultrasound. I'm like, let's just skip right to an MRI. Let's not waste any time. I don't have extra days to wait for this or that. I go, let's, let's get right in for an MRI. Like, well, your insurance company, I go, my insurance company would probably appreciate not wasting money on something. That's not good. My, my, I'm just so like thick that the ultrasound doesn't show anything. Yeah. And so great recovery from the, I, I made a great recovery from the pet care, like back within Within five months, I was benching 365 for uh, five again. But while I was off, I had to sleep sitting in a chair because I couldn't 
my right shoulder was always sore. And then my left shoulder now with the pack, I couldn't lay down. And so I slept sitting up in a chair, which messed up my hips. Mm-hmm. And that took like a year to put back in order. But the physical therapist that helped me with that is going to be helping me with my knee. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Um, watching the video of uh, when you did your knee. Ooh. Mm. Felt, uh, felt yeah. a cold chill when I watched that one. I'll be honest with you. Bro, and I've watched that probably 30 times, slow motion, zoomed in, watch it. I'm like, oh, you know, and <laughs> it's just, it's just my morbid. I can't watch anybody else's injuries like that, but I just, I couldn't get enough of watching them. I was like, and why? 265 is not a heavy log for me. You know, well, that's, now, that's, was it, I usually Viper press that. Was it your patella? Is that what, is that what, is that what it was? Or uh, no. what happened with your so knee? So the technical term is an av- is an avulsed patella. My tendon, if you picture the bottom of your patella tendon or the bottom of your kneecap, and so your tendon uh, attaches to like the whole bottom part of it. Well, a section in the middle, about three quarters of an inch wide, the tendon pulled a chunk of my kneecap off and then tore the rest of the tendon that was attached to the rest of the kneecap away. And then that retracted. And as that tore, my kneecap, having my quads attached to the top of it, yanked up into the outside, which tore the rest of the reticulum, which are these tendons that attach to the sides of your patella tendon to hold it steady. So it tore all of that. So to put me back together again, um, and the doctors actually were pretty cool. He says, he goes, what you've done to your body is just amazing. And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, your bone density is so thick and hard. It's like concrete. He goes, we literally just stretched your tendon right back up and shaved a little bit of the bone growth off and screwed it right back into place. He said, and then we ran two anchors from your femur through your kneecap and then laced everything back together and anchored it into your shin bone. So it was a pretty in-depth surgery. And it's, I'm, I'm excited uh, for how well this could come back, but I was a little nervous because the surgeon, he's a trauma surgeon and he's new to the area and he might be new to everything. Cause he's like, oh, this is the first one of these I've done or I've seen. And I was like, shit me. <laughs> like, I kind of wanted the guy that's seen a thousand of these, yeah. but you know, they had to do it at the hospital. Yeah. They, they, I, I wasn't in a position to shop for doctors because I knew one, it had to get done. And two, um, the area that I'm in, like, unless I wanted to like wait a month and hit someone up at OHSU, which is like the foremost, uh, uh, medical school, um, in the country actually. But I just, I, I, I knew I wanted to get it done sooner rather than later. Cause I can't miss all that work. And so I went to the orthopedic surgeon that did, uh, my pec and it's a team of doctors there and they were going to do it in this little outpatient thing. and uh, because of my diabetes, they're like, well, we'd like to put you in the hospital in case, you know, something goes wrong and you need to stay overnight. I'm like, okay, well, let's do that. Well, it's a good thing they did because apparently oxycodone does nothing for me. So I was in an incredible amount of pain after my surgery and they ended up keeping me overnight. It wasn't until like they gave me morphine and then the next morning Tylenol that I felt some relief, like the oxycodone, they kept feeding 
me two of these big ass pills every few hours and it did nothing for the pain. So imagine having, you know, an eight inch section of your leg opened up and everything stitched back together and then be in that kind of pain <laughs> overnight waiting for some relief. And it literally wasn't until they gave me Tylenol the next morning that I felt some relief. I was like, okay, sweet. So I came home and I was on, like, I rotated ibuprofen and Tylenol. Oxycodone was just useless to me. But it, it it's quite the process. And and I'm already feeling better. Like I got the physical therapist and he's got me doing some exercises and they're just simple. I lay on the ground and I have a rubber band around my foot and I got my foot on a little fluffy slide. It's actually like a, a pad for my buffing wheel and I pull it up and relax it and then pull it back up to my butt, you know, just trying to get some more movement and my knee feels better already. So I'm excited. I mean, Very good overall. It just sounds impressive what they did and and all the rebuild. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah. Could be the six million dollar man. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, so far, it would if we were tallying it up, and I was paying for it. Just my emergency room visit in Arizona was thirty six hundred, and then my surgery uh, was another sixteen grand. So I'd be I'd be up where a near. 20 grand if I didn't have uh, some good insurance. Thanks to thanks to my wife and her awesome job for having, like I have insurance, I'm double covered, but her insurance is stellar through the state. So, oh yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> I don't know if her, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. I don't know if, 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 you know, I, I work for, I work for the county here. So we're all, we're under state benefits. So, <clears throat> All about that government insurance, boy. Well, I tell you, they take care of their people. That's for sure. That's, yeah, uh, it's uh, you know, and I, I was, I had the same insurance for um, twelve years when I worked with the state, and we never had an out of pocket because we were double covered, married the whole time, and so there was never deductibles, never uh, copay, anything, um. And so that was that was good. That was good living right there. But you know, I I retired from the uh, state um, to go to sell real estate, and boy, that was <laughs> it's amazing how much that changed. Like eighteen dollar copay to go get an adjustment and this and that. But the the my chiropractor wasn't used to billing me until hmm. all of a sudden one day I get a thousand dollar bill because I was going once a week for a massage and an adjustment for a year. <laughs> and they're like, hey, you owe us a grand now. I'm like, yeah, want to arm wrestle for it? <laughs> Have these <laughs> cool beans? Yeah, you guys, you guys got you need me to mow your lawn? I'll work it off. Yeah, but I'm, well, it hasn't <laughs> stopped you from going to the gym because you're gonna be you're gonna be about five feet wide oh, by you. the time you're back on your feet and. uh uh, you said April before you can start squatting, right? Yep, yep. It didn't take it, long for uh, what? It I'm did sorry. Not take long for the for the for the cabin fever to set in, like the first week. And you know, uh, when you train like I do and you eat like I do, because I, I I follow a meal plan that um, Nathan Payton wrote for me. Um, I paid him five grand one year for some coaching, and it's stuck with me. Um, and I, I try to follow the meal plan as best I can. Well, shit, you know, that's three pounds of meat a day and that gets expensive. And then, but 
you know, if you want to be the best you can be, you know, championships are won and lost in the kitchen. Mm. But like the minute I hurt my knee, I started, I like, I stopped eating like two thirds of the amount of food I was eating and lost like 25 pounds in two weeks. I was down to like 275 within a couple of weeks of uh, hurting myself. And, you know, that, that messes with you. All of a sudden your arms look like a regular guy's arms and, you know, you don't, feel like everybody's looking at you when you walk into a room. That's, that's the kind of thing that gets it, you know, like everybody talks about how addicting it is. Well, I get kind of addicted to being big. Yeah. I think Brian Shaw called it bigorexia. Mm. Um, but you know, I've, I've been able to start eating a little bit more and then things are, my arms feeling better. So when I do go to the gym, I'm getting a decent workout and getting the pump, getting the blood flowing, the veins are starting to pop out again. So it's like the self-esteem is on the rise, but for a few little while after that, like trying to like maneuver yourself into a shower with one leg in your shower and sitting down and with one leg hanging out of the shower and you're doing the woe me shit. And yeah, I, I, I was in a bad way for a little bit, but you know, once you, once you get the hang of moving around the house on one leg and then all of a sudden your leg feels better to stand on and you can walk on it. And so, cause I've been, I, I shit can the crutches two weeks ago. Um, I was walking with a cane for a couple of days and then I got rid of that, uh, a couple of days after that. So I've just been up and moving around. It's just, you know, I, I know my limit. If I walk too long, I know that it's going to hurt come evening time and, and it'll be hard to get out of bed in the morning, but you know, I just, I'm just not built to sit around. No, I get it. I get it for sure. Um, I know that miss that when I start missing training and, you know, start missing a considerable amount of time. I start going crazy. So I, I know what yeah. you mean. You get mad irritable and it's just, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. It's not just physical health. It's mental health too. Cause you know, this one of my ways I get that shit out is to go take yeah. it out on, take it out on myself at the gym. And then I come, I come can do the rest of the things I need to do. Cause it's like, Hey, I'm in a great mood now. My legs hurt because I squatted or oh, yeah. my chest hurt because I pressed, but whatever. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, it's like, it's, you know, there's all the different ways to release the demons. I think uh, Big Jay Okerson um, talked about the empty bald man versus the full bald man. He goes, the empty bald man is the guy his parents raised him to be. He says hi to strangers, helps old ladies across the street. The guy with full balls, that's a different animal altogether. <laughs> and he's hard to get along with. And so I liken it to the gym. It's like, I got to go to the gym and empty these balls out a little bit. So I'm more tolerable mm. for people to be around. Yes. Yeah. If you ever get a chance, you YouTube that bit, just, just big J Okerson, empty balls. And that bit is absolutely hysterical, but it's, it, <laughs> it sums up a lot, especially guys like us, you know, I'm doctors got me on TRT. And so if I don't go to the gym and burn some of that off, it, manifest itself somewhere else it does 100 i'm also on uh i'm also running trt so uh yeah i'm with you yeah um <laughs> what is uh what what are your current <clears throat> well let me back up i was gonna ask you like what what's your next step to achieve in strongman or anything like that but um well, what, what's your outlook on strongman uh, looking like right now? So I got to think when the doctor was 
first giving me the diagnosis. He's like, I don't know if, you know, you're going to be able to do the stuff you used to do, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, if this is the end, then I had a good year. I won nationals. I took third at a big pro show um, behind my coach and big Jordan Pearson, who uh, finished on the podium at OSG the year before. So it's like, if that's the end, then I went out on, on, uh, on top as well as I could. Right. And, but then when the doctor talked to me about how well I went back together and he's like, you're, you're, that leg's going to be your strong leg now. And that kind of encouraged me. And then happened to watch OSG from home this year while all my friends were there, like literally everybody that I only get to see once a year do these things, you know, and then people were reaching out to me, sending me messages, wish you were here. We miss you. You know, it's just not the same without you. And I was like, man, but then couple of guys that I had placed higher than at a pro show ended up in the top 10 um, finishing at OSG. And I'm like, you know what? I think I could have been in the mix here. Like I, I, I know I'd have gotten through that pressing medley and um, the deadlift. I, you know, could have feasibly gotten the 675. Um, you know, and I got to thinking, I was like, you know what? Maybe I got another run in me. If I do one contest next year, it'll be OSG. Um, Lynn extended a friend of mine, um, Kevin Prothero, his invite from the year before, cause he had had hip surgery. He had qualified and then he had to have hip surgery and <clears throat> had his hips replaced and, uh, and gave him his invite for the, for this year. And, and then he got really bad sick, I think with COVID right before. So he ended up dropping out. But if Lynn finds it in his heart to extend this year's invitation to me next year, um, I will make every attempt to go and give it another run because I, the rest of the body feels good. Like some reason I've turned into uh, kind of an athlete. Like I'm really good at the moving events now. Um, at the pro show in Columbia, my coach and I were the only two guys in the whole master's class to finish the uh, yoke farmers medley. <laughs> and I'm like, since when am I an athlete? <laughs> you know? <laughs> So it gives me hope that, you know, I, I used to be primarily just a static lifter and well, my press is taking a shit because of my peg and it's still competitive, but it's not what it was. And then my back was getting back in order from, uh, sitting on the couch for a year and I was feeling really good about my chances this year. And then some phantom knee injury. But I think next year I should be able to put it together and make a damn good showing of myself at OSG. Because a top 10 finish for me, you know, that's that would be huge. My best finish was in 2017, and I took 16th. And then I missed 2018, and then I went down because they had a big snowstorm. And I had gotten hurt because I had gone and competed in Australia and kind of blew the financial wad. Um, at Static Monsters Worlds over there where I took seventh. And then um, 2019, I got to go. I think that was the first year in Daytona, and I took 18th. And then um, the last year, I think I finished tied for 22nd. But the older I got, we kept getting these monsters that were showing up that had just turned 40. And, you know, when you're at the tail end of 40, coming up on 50, that's a big difference. So turning 50, I was the young old guy. And so I was having a great year. And I think, I think next year I could do the same. I think it could be, it could be a good year for me. Okay. Well, 
that I mean it's a great it's a great outlook. I like it. It's very uh it's it's not something crazy out of reach, I don't think. So um no, no. I don't it, I I had thought about doing maybe some powerlifting because there's like a bunch of different leagues. There's one that I'm gonna official judge for and two of them actually. And their masters national records in my weight class are all like training weights for me. I was like, I could stroke the ego a little bit and set some national records, but then I'm like Remember how boring powerlifting is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, eh, you know, I could train it on the side, and if it shows up, then maybe go do one. But, yeah, I don't know. Because my roots were in powerlifting. I, I came up in the 90s at uh, Kennedy's Gym in Salem, and Doyle Kennedy was uh, the first guy to uh, deadlift 903. Um, he did that in 86 at the uh, Hawaii Record Breakers put on by Gus Rethwich. And then he was a two-time IPF world champion in the late seventies. And so he's, he was a great coach, like absolutely, you know, the best deadlifter of his time. He was an amazing coach. He even coached the IPF world team um, a few years, coached Ed Cohen at worlds. And so learning from him was just absolutely, you know, an, an amazing um, uh, blessing, you know, and I wish I had respected it more at the time because you know, you don't, you, you just, you know, here's this guy in town and he's got this little hole in the wall gym that's smaller than my house and you learn everything you know, but then you realize not everybody has access to a two-time IPF world champion, mm-hmm. you know, especially when, you know, he was squatting like 859 raw with no knee wraps or anything. Oh, and shit. he, uh, I had asked him, I had asked him once I go, everybody knows you as a deadlifter. I go, well, what are you most proud of? And he goes, a lot of people don't realize that I benched 595 when the world record all time world record was 600 pounds. I was like, damn, that's, that's a pretty good feather in your cap. Mm-hmm. So it was just cool. To, it was just cool to learn from the guy. And his daughter is a very accomplished power lifter, um, Shreya. Uh, and I think she just won her first world championship down in Australia this last summer. And so it's, it's fun to follow. Uh, it's just, I don't, my heart's not into powerlifting anymore, but I'd probably do it just cause you know, squatting is my favorite event and it's just, it's, you know, if I get to do it again, it, I'm not going to waste a rep. No. Yeah, for sure. I, a lot of people that I know around here, the train, like the, the gym that I was, I go to other than my strongman gym, <clears throat> you know, it's pretty heavy on powerlifters there, but dude, that just looks like the most boring shit ever. Like you go out there and do one rep and then you it wait really 10, is. 15 minutes and then you come back and you do one rep yeah. and then you wait 10 or 15 more minutes. It's just like, man, fuck that. It's just, I get it. You know, yeah. you look at guys like Jesus Oliveira. That's, that is one of legitimately one of the strongest fucking men walking on planet earth right now. But fuck, man, yeah. that's just that yeah. just looks so boring. Thick as it gets, too. Like I envy that dude's thickness. I was like, what it must be like to walk into a room. Like, like I walk into a room and people can see the beard and then they notice the traps, maybe the arms. But like that guy blocks out the sun. Yeah. <laughs> like between between him and Sugar Ray Williams, like those are the two thickest dudes on the planet, I think. Yeah. You know, they probably both over four hundred pounds. Oh, he is, just, he is well over 400. Amazing. Um, and you know, I can't imagine what that food bill is. You know, he's claiming natty. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like 
a lot of people have to test like so um Blaine Sumner would just they'd randomly show up to Blaine Sumner's house and test him. You know, and here's a dude who's like what, six six, four hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. And as absurd as it is to think that someone that massive is natty, like you don't get any chance to hide that shit. When they show up at your house and just randomly test you and you pass that test, that's about as natty as it gets. You know, yeah. and so if he's if he's passing those tests, that's amazing to me. You know, yeah, my hat's I, off to him. Yeah, you know, and by I, no means I, and I tell people Go ahead. No, go ahead. And and so if people can accomplish everything clean and legit, that's my hat's off to them, you know. But it's those others that are like claiming clean or like somebody doing a natty bodybuilding show and they're covered in acne. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like how how much joy do you get out of beating people when you're cheating? You know, it's it's just absurd. You know, I I certainly when people ask me, I'm like, yeah, my doctor puts me on a fair amount, keeps my numbers at a reasonable level. And, you know, so I'm competitive by way of, you know, legal prescribed medicine from my doctor. Yeah. And, and, but I certainly don't judge anybody for doing anything like whatever, you know, (laughs) there was a guy I competed against back in 99 that would literally smoke crack before a bench workout. He's like, Oh yeah. Best pre-workout there is. I'm like, you've got shit in me, bro. Well, but then you find out that there were like world's strongest man competitors back in the seventies and eighties that would take a bump of co- t- co- cocaine before a contest. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Do what you got to do to win. Yeah. Give them a bump <laughs> like, of that there. Toot, toot. Yeah. That's, that's the whole, that's probably where <laughs> yeah. the, the, the expression toot came from. <laughs> probably. That's probably where it came from. <laughs> like, my, my, uh, my ticker doesn't need any more pressure. <laughs> Shit. No. But Hey man, what you take for that there workout? <laughs> You see that key you got in your key yeah. ring? Huh. We're about to light you up, son. Yeah, going to so. do this thing called the toot toot. What do you use for what do you use for pre workout, man? I got me a bag of book of sugar. <laughs> I got a bag of party powder. And and, and mentioning those Colombian bang bang. Yes, <laughs> yes. And and but let me let me backtrack a little bit. And mentioning Jesus Oliveira is claiming natty. By no means am I going to tell. It's like say that that guy's not nat- is is natty or is not natty. I I don't this first of all that's not going to benefit me to try to run that in the ground. Ugh. And two, right. you know, you look at the guy and look at his build. You look at how he is, and he just uh, that dude just looks like a fucking brick shit house. So question, yeah, yeah. Why do yeah. people make such yeah. a big and deal over being natty or not natty? Like, a, I understand the concept behind it, but why is it such? Uh, issue for people to talk about it's, i think it's i think it's this sports version of being a vegan or a crossfitter it's like they have to right. tell everybody that it's the first thing that comes out of their mouth or whatever and you ask them how training's going oh it's going really good you know i wish i had the recovery of some of those other athletes but i'm natty whatever dude yeah <laughs> it, it, it's it's a status symbol kind of thing you know it's it's just something to plug in there. Somebody that's got a nice physique and is, you know, they've got, you know, they're pretty decently strong. They've got the right things going for them. And it's just like, hey, man, you're doing great. It's like, thanks. It's, you know, it's this life is life is natty. It's like, bro, fuck off with that shit. <laughs> if you're natty, just be natty. I'm not natty. Okay. Cause mm-hmm. people say that I'm, people say running TRT makes you not natty. Okay. Cool. I'm not natty. Whatever. Doesn't matter. 
But that's like a Whatever. medical thing. Yeah, it's a medical thing. That's, like my doctor gave me that because yeah. my levels were that of like a fucking eighty year old. Yes, yeah, so that's why I was trying to ask the question of like why is it so different from that? Because you're on TRT, and there could be a shit ton of other people also on TRT, but it's a medical condition that they're trying to fix. So yeah. why would you want to say someone's when not I, natty? They're putting it back into their system. Well, I think the natty thing they're talking about is um, people that run stuff like. Like Trin and Decca and D Ball and Adavare and just you know the the name kind of stuff you know Trin's usually a big one uh, because while Trin will legitimately fuck you up if you do it in the wrong way yeah Trin works like Trin Trin works it really yeah. does I yeah. I don't want to be on Trin well, alone what's go ahead sir what's funny is is um, what's funny is is when I came to my doctor and I said, I'd like to get my testosterone levels checked. He goes, well, I'm not in a position of, uh, or I'm not traditionally one that'll prescribe it for someone who's not um, in need. And I'm like, well, let's check the, you know, let's get it tested. And mine came back. Now, mind you, I was deadlifting over 600 pounds at the time. It was like 635 was my best. Came back. um, I made less than a 100 year old man. My free testosterone was 3.9. And my total was 120. He goes, yeah, you, you are definitely in a deficit. We need to start treating you for that. I was like, thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it it makes a difference. It's like a, it's a fountain of youth, you know? And if you've got a doctor that, that knows what he's doing, mine's like a bodybuilding historian. So he, he understands that, you know, you need a certain amount to maintain a certain amount of lifestyle. You know, the guy who's a construction worker that never lifts weight also needs a certain amount, you know, like anybody over 40 should go get themselves tested. It's just a quality of life thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it puts lead back in your pencil. It gives you a little more energy. You can cope with things better and you can just go all day again. You know, it, it's, it's literally like rolling back the clock. And yeah. so I always, I tell everybody, I'm like, go get tested. Cause They're... a 3.9 free testosterone is basically nothing. Like girls yeah. make more than that. Yeah. Another thing with the natty status is people that may have been natty at one time and then now they're not, but they're still claiming that they are. That's a big, that's a big thing on, on the internet. You know, I said from day one that the liver King was full of shit. Like that dude, like that dude's that when I first saw that dude and the shit that he was doing and the things that he was claiming and the physique that he had, I was like, that dude's pissed would burn through a styrofoam cup. Like that, there's no fucking way that guy. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> is it running shit? And what, another one that I, abs- I will, when your abs are vascular, that doesn't come from chicken and rice. No, that doesn't come from eating a, an ox balls. That isn't, that's not, that's not where that comes <laughs> from. <laughs> like just, just because you pulled a dually with a, tr- with a, with a rope and you've got a set of ox b- of bison testicles hanging off of it that you eat raw. This is not going to give you veins in your abs. This, this is not going to happen. No, that's, Another one that is That's a, a shit right there. Yeah. Another big one that is that is talked about these days or a, a person is Mike O'Hearn. Um yeah. that guy's in his fifties and he looks the same as he did in you know thirty years ago. So forever. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he is I think right now it's basically <clears throat> if he is, he belongs in the Guinness Book of World Records because it's yeah. astounding. That's that's absolutely but, astounding. You know, yeah. 
yeah, I, I, it never, <laughs> like, it's not, I'm never going to compete against him. You know, he's clearly one of the most beautiful dudes on the planet. So it's like, of course yeah. I hate him. <laughs> yeah, like, that guy. But, it, I mean, you know, hats off to him. That's a good looking fella. You can admit that. But uh, do, you can definitely say that guy's petition for anything. You can definitely say that guy yeah. is a product of consistency. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally looks the same, you know, every picture I've ever seen. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think at this point it's it's probably more of a running joke than than anything. But I would hope so. But yeah, you know what can you do? It, it may come out one day. If yeah, it does, whatever. Like, if it doesn't, whatever. It's not I'm not gonna lose sleep over that wondering if you know Michael Harn's natty or not, it's, it, I, I, I don't. I don't really care either way. I don't think he is, but that, like I said, it's not. It's not up to me. Yeah. Well, it always and it, it always the memes around the Liver Kings uh, uh, scandal were hysterical. You know, the, when people are like, "Really? That's shocking. Uh, that's yeah. such a surprise." And then the video that he made. Uh, it was. After it all came out, I was like, "Man, go the fuck on somewhere. You made your you made your money. Yeah. You got your fame. It's all over now. Go on somewhere." But he's still yeah. on Instagram making the same shit, talking about the twelve ancestral tenants, whatever shit he's yeah. spinning, making his supplements what and shit. Really go on YouTube and start explaining his cycle to people if he wants to, because <laughs> people would tune in for that. Because there's a lot of people who would love to look like that dude. Like explain your cycle and how you eat to make that, you know, work properly. Yeah. Cause you know, one, nobody's going to trust anything else you say unless you incorporate that into it. Yep. But who are we, you know, he's doing his thing. We're just some meatheads that like to pick up rocks. What do we know? Yeah. Derek <laughs> uh, rocks. <laughs> the, <laughs> Sorry. You, are you familiar with the YouTube channel? More plates, more dates. Uh, not really. A lot of the shit I watch on YouTube is like rebuilding cars and building log cabins in the woods and, um, crime shit, uh, like, uh, shootouts and stuff. So I don't, I, yeah, I usually get enough of the, the weightlifting stuff at the gym, but I'll watch, I'll watch like big laws. I, I love Lawrence Cholet's take on everything. Him and his wife are sweet people. Yeah. Uh, got him on the Facebook and, and uh and then i'll watch brian shaw's channel just because i love i mean one that dude is just the living embodiment of our sport and and really one of the coolest people you'll ever get a chance to hang out with if you get the chance to um but for the most part after that it's just it's all car chases and shootouts and rebuilding old derelict cars and shit that people find in the woods yeah but anyway well, I mean, tell me about that fella well, is you know his channel is it's kind of it's it it's not really a workout channel kind of thing. It's more it's it's kind of exposing that kind of stuff. Well, and maybe exposing isn't the right word, but he talks about it's he's it's an open steroid discussion. Like there's not like he's not hiding it. He's not hiding the fact that he's on stuff or he's done stuff or any of that kind of stuff. But he did a uh, he does have a breakdown video of liver King when it all came out and the stuff that he's running and the stuff that he ran. And, you know, he got, you know, horse growth hormones from a vet and that kind of shit, you know, just, just the things that he was doing. That's, that's all. That's what I was going with there. Well, and, and like, 
it's it's amazing to me the different avenues that that people will choose you know and and like when my doctor was diagnosing me and and starting to treat me you know we had looked at the growth hormone but being a diabetic that messes with your blood sugars and stuff so it's like you know me personally i wouldn't touch growth hormone just because of um the risk factors but then also you have to look you know a dose of growth hormone for someone my age is like one IU every few days. And a lot of these pro bodybuilders and stuff, or a lot of these people that use growth hormone are taking like 10 IUs a day or 30, you know, just absurd amounts. And it's like, I'm not trying to enlarge my organs, you know, and then mess up my pancreas and screw up my diabetes and make me, you know, need dialysis. Like so many old bodybuilders, you know, from the nineties, if they're still alive or a lot of them are on dialysis because they've, screwed themselves up so bad yeah so, well, those those yeah, mexican steroids will do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you got to find that good eastern box that's right i haven't i haven't dipped off really in that world yet i've uh had a conversation with people about it and it may be something i do in the future i don't know with that whole heart condition thing maybe not yeah you know it's not if i do i do if i don't yeah. i don't um, but it's, you know, it's what you said, uh, whatever his name is said earlier, you know, if, you know, life hurts, you're going to hurt. Why not be a badass? So yeah, Mark Bell. Yeah. Mark Bell. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't seen that, that video, it's called powerlifting mentality. And he was just, he was answering some dude's snarky remark. It's like, you know, why do you do what you do? And you know, if it hurts, you know, because you're going to, you're going to cripple yourself. He's like, I might, I might not, but I'm not going to be a pussy in the meantime. Yeah, and I and I got to thinking about that. I got into this whole thing to be healthier and live longer for my kids. Now, did I intend to have to have two major surgeries to put parts back together? No, but I'm still healthy. My organs are all still functioning perfectly. I get blood work done uh, every six months, and my doctor's like, it's amazing. You know, even my cholesterol went down when I started uh, following um, Nathan Payton's meal plan. And he goes, oh, your cholesterol is in the normal range now. Good job. Did you start taking your pills? I go, no, I threw them away. He's like, well, how did you do it? And I'm like, check this out. I start every day with six eggs and then I eat three pounds of red meat a day. And he looked at me like I had bugs crawling out of my nose. <laughs> He's like, that's absurd. I'm like, yeah, well, I, it, it worked. You know, and I was shocked too. I, I was ready for him to like tell me some grave news or whatever, but literally eating three pounds of red meat, eight ounces at a time and starting a day with six eggs lowered my cholesterol. I can't explain it, but I'm not going to, you know, not do it just because someone thinks that that might be bad for me. Nathan Payton is the foremost, foremost expert on how to eat for ultimate power. And, you know, I would listen to anything that dude told me to do. You know, if he told me to eat raw pig skin because it's anabolic and it'll lower my diabetes, I'd go scrape a <laughs> slice of skin off of a pig. You know, but he's he's an absolute wizard when it comes to nutrition. And so I'd, I'd do anything he said or suggested. Well, it definitely sounds like you uh, have made some serious progress with that, uh, that meal plan, though. If you're with six eggs and three pounds of meat a day and you're lowering cholesterol... And just feeling better overall. I mean that that does say some major stuff for that too. Um, 
Speaking yeah. of the speaking of the other stuff, it was like, has your doctors recommend you do anything else other than what you're doing now, just on the TRT, or are you just kind of staying on your plan of what you got? No, I just uh, well, I did. Uh, we had to do blood work before the surgery, and then everything came back. There was my A1C was up because leading up to um, leading up to this like summer of contest, I was just eating crazy. And, um, and I wasn't taking my actual diabetic meds that they put me on because, you know, I'd gotten it under control. Well, then when you start ramping up for uh contest season, I wasn't taking my daily meds and my A1C had gotten up and I had never noticed, like, even when my blood sugar is up near 300 pounds, I don't, or 300, uh, or when my blood sugar is up near 300, I don't notice. Like, it's not like I get shaky or feel sick or anything. And I would never know my blood sugar's high unless I tested. Well, I, I didn't get in the habit of testing. Everything felt fine. You know, it wasn't until I got the shock that my A1C was over nine. I was like, oh, shit, maybe I better start taking all these meds again um, just to monitor. Because I had gotten, when I was being religious about Nathan's meal plan, I didn't need any of my meds because I wasn't getting very many carbs and my carbs were structured around my workouts. So, you know, I would get some carbs an hour before my workout and then have a, like a mid-workout snack. And then my evening meal was nothing but vegetables and protein. So I was going to bed with a lower blood sugar and waking up in normal range. Um, But then over the last year, I kind of fudged and just basically ate everything trying to generate as much power and stuff because we would we would structure the um cheat meals for like the night before a heavy workout and it was like hitting the nitrous button so i was like man i should have a cheat meal before every training day (laughs) you know it's so it uh it just i kind of fell off the wagon but was still eating the amounts of food that i was uh supposed to i just had too many carbs and that brought the blood sugar up but I'm on a mission to get that under control in the six months while I'm off because I'm monitoring what I eat now a little better since I have more. I'm home. I'll be at home until January 17th. And so I'm monitoring what I'm eating a little better and, you know, no fast food, stuff like that. Nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, that sounds like a win in my book by far. Um, I know, I know Josh has talked to me about going to get my, levels checked and whatnot and i keep putting it off you should i think with some of the conversations that i've had with him and a few others i probably should go get my levels checked at the start of the year so i think sometime maybe like the second or third week of january i'm gonna go to uh to my doctor and be like hey man like i i need to get this stuff sorted out and see something's right or wrong because uh you know there's days where i'm full of energy and then there's days where I'm just I just want to crash and sleep all day and it hasn't been in a uh decent pattern I guess of me just having constant energy yeah. so I feel like I might need to go get so be, so, get tested so be warned most doctors the the training they get on uh testosterone therapy is literally one day's lecture in all of their whatever how many years it takes to get schooling and it's endocrinologists that specialize in that and most of what an endocrinologist is going to want you to do is lose weight so if your doctor doesn't come on board and agree to get you tested and then treat you 
search out a rejuvenation clinic. And I don't know if they have them down there, but up here we have rejuvenation clinics where they basically will test you and monitor all your other blood work and stuff and will genuinely get you up near your, your total testosterone up near a thousand. Um, the one up here has these pellets, testosterone pellets that they uh, insert in between your skin and your muscle and they're a time release. They last like six months. Um, a buddy of mine had it done and his free, his total testosterone was like 1300 for six months straight. It was magnificent for him. Um, so if your doctor doesn't want to play ball, um, just because one, they don't know a lot about it. Um, and two, they, uh, I think a lot of pharmaceutical things is trying to, uh, demasculine people. Like they don't want guys to be full of testosterone. I know that kind of sounds like a conspiracy theory, but it's like, there's so many things out there that lower a man's testosterone levels and so many other meds and stuff that they really don't want, you know, guys having high testosterone. So if your doctor doesn't play ball, search out and find a rejuvenation clinic for that. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I can definitely look into it. Cause that's something I probably should have been looking into a while ago. Yeah. And you'll find the rejuvenation clinic, like that's their job. Like they're going to want to make you be the best man you can be. And most doctors want you to be the best customer you can be. It's like, we'll put you on this medication, this medication. And, you know, if you take this medication, you'll need this medication. And I hate taking all these dumb medications. Um, but, you know, I had such a poor diet for so long that, I gave myself diabetes. Like I wasn't always diabetic. It just came on through shitty diet and sedentary lifestyle. You know, once I hit like, well, I worked at a casino and you know, them buffets that everybody loves the casino. I yeah. got to eat that buffet every break. And when I was in table games, I got a 20 minute break every hour. So I ballooned up. I was 300 pounds when I got the job, 415 pounds when I quit seven years later. And it's, <sighs> basically given myself diabetes in that seven years. Hmm. So yeah. Yep. Boy, I'm, I'm trying to hit 300 pound body weight now. I don't, I can't imagine walking around at that way. I, I mean, how, how tall are you? You're not, I don't think you're really any taller than I am. Five, ten and a half, five eleven with the right shoes. <laughs> so you're shorter than I am. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. Man, yeah, oh man. It was it was not pretty. Oh, stop like, it. You've fact, been, there's a, uh, there's a, if I'm you look sure at if beautiful. you look at my Instagram from let's see here. A few days ago, you'll see, let's see, the sixth one down, <laughs> I'm standing in a black t shirt holding a camera up. That was the very like month that I made my comeback. Like this is exactly nine years ago, this original picture. And I think I was 396 pounds in that picture. Golly. And I'm wearing yeah. like a four, four or five X tank top. So, Damn. It was, it, it's just, yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know, I, I look at that and I was like, man, thank God I was charming and, and funny. Cause there's no way I should have pulled my wife looking like that. She's pretty <laughs> good looking. 
I had to be charming. Either that or I'm her good deed trying to get herself. She probably killed somebody. And this is how she's atoning for it. Trying to get into heaven is being married to me. Oh, come on now. I about to say, don't you start that. <laughs> well, not anymore. I'm, I'm good looking as shit now. Back then, though, what was she thinking? She saw the future in the beard. That's what it was. Hmm. So let's she hated the beard. Oh well. When when we first shit. got together, I was only I was only allowed to have a goatee, and I had like these pork chops, and uh, wanted to grow a beard. She's like, no, 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 never let me grow a beard, until she started watching Duck Dynasty and fell in love with that show, and then she's like, oh, all right, you can grow a beard. Well, now that I've got the beard, I'm not allowed to cut it. So. I don't know if she just thinks I was ugly under there all those years or, you know, now I'm better looking with it. I don't know, but I'm not allowed to cut the beard anymore. Hmm. I tell you what, every once in a while, like I, you know how like girls will go through like mental health crisis and they'll cut their hair or like trim their bangs and regret it. It's like every once in a while I'll be feeling down about something. I was like, fuck it. I'm cutting the beard off. And then I'm like, no, Hmm. I would for sure regret that i'll just trim my ear hair and nose hair and feel better about myself yeah yeah i get that feeling for sure i can't i I need this beard i i can't go without it (laughs) i'll say it's added at least 50 pounds of of just strong on you sir i can't imagine though because the last time i saw my face you know was 130 pounds ago I can't, I don't I have no idea what I look like under this thing. And you're like, what if I have a jawline? What if I look like fucking Superman without a beard? Like, <laughs> <do> I... <laughs> I mean, your wife might have to yeah, start beating yeah. the other ladies away with a stick. Shit. <laughs> you already, she probably already does. Probably. I'm going to say, see, I'm 35. Yeah. I'm 35. The last time I was clean shaven. I think I was a sophomore in high school. I've had a goatee three the last times. Time I was last time I was clean shaven was 21 years ago when my oldest boy was born. For some dumb reason, I decided I wanted him to see me with a bald face. And for some dumb reason, when I shave, my lips look like I'm wearing purple lipstick. Like it's the like it looks like I got frostbite or something in my mouth. It's hmm. the dumbest looking shit. Like. And I showed up at the hospital and his mom was like, what did you do? And I'm like, well, I wanted, I just had it in my head that my son needed to see his dad clean shaven. But even at like six hours old, he looked disgusted. So (laughs) yeah, there's immediately grew the beard back and never got rid of it. Well, yeah, I, I just don't like shaving. I'm not a fan. Um, I remember when I was in like a freshman and sophomore in high school and I started shaving. I was like, this, this might be okay. And then I started getting the, the acne and the, all the things that come with shaving. I'm like, you know what? This is not good. <laughs> this is a no, no. And then I never shaved again. So like, I'd keep it trimmed up and stuff in school. And then after, uh, after high school, I kept it pretty well trimmed up. Cause, um, the girl I was dating at the time, she didn't want me to have a long beard. And then yeah. one one winter, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do no shave November. November. I want to do no shave winter. So from October to March, I was like, I'm not going to shave. In the first go around, um, 
I set my beard on fire at the three month mark at the shipyard I was welding at. So that was cool. Fuck that one up. And then the following year, I tried it again. Yeah. So the following year, I was like, okay, I'm going to for sure succeed this time. And if I don't set it on fire, I might just grow it out for the year. And then it just kind of snowballed into what it came into um, at one point. And even actually, I take it back to this day because I grow my beard back out. Um, I I get called ZZ Top all the time, all the time. Um, awesome. And not to well, not to take away. Turn- oh, go ahead. Oh, I uh, mine was like no shave November. Um, I I was letting it grow, and then I was like, well, it's white, so I'll let it go through December. And you know, got permission for that, and then as it went through December, that's when I uh, uh, was launching the comeback, and I did this this random search like how to be successful at fitness or how to make money at it, something like that. And a video from Rich Piana of all people comes up. And he said that a lot of people will train their whole life chasing a trophy. And at the end of their career, ending up, you know, being a personal trainer at a gym that they used to own, you know, and so you got to build your brand and, and do stuff. And he goes in the order to build your brand is you have to give the public something they're not getting and be better at it than everybody else. And I'm like, well, what do I have? And I was patting my gut and playing with my beard with my other hand. I was like, oh, that's it. I'll be the world's strongest Santa. Yeah. So I have this whole gimmick, you know, to thank to Rich Piana of all people. But that's how it just kind of grew. I was like, I decided, you know, that January that I was going to be the world's strongest Santa. And someone's like, well, how do you know you're the world's strongest Santa? I go, because nobody's ever showed up at a contest with a white beard and beat me. So, <laughs> so that's. <clears throat> I'll say I know for a fact I couldn't beat you, but I could probably go uh, Santa for Santa with you because you, I get this question asked all the time. They're like, "When you get older, you plan to be Santa Claus?" I'm like, "Technically, I'm already him. I'm the young version of him." Because if you watch uh, exactly. what, whatever whatever movie it is, that. yeah, whatever movie it is, he was a redhead. I was like, "What's up, bitches? I'm Santa yep. Claus already. Get some. <laughs> Leave me alone." Don't tell your children to follow me around. Like, <laughs> you know, I was thinking more of a Yukon Cornelius because you look like a gun-toting Yukon uh, uh, fella. But you know, I could see the the young Santa too. We could we could do a before and after video. Hey man, I am with it. Hey, I was supposed to take a take a plane trip out to Oregon uh, here soon to see a friend of mine lives up there. Don't don't tease me with a good time. No, when you get out here, if uh, if you're anywhere near me, come by either of my gyms, and we'll get a workout in and have a little fun and get some food. There's a uh, there's a uh, we got a guy um, named JoJo that has a Memphis style barbecue at um, this place. They call it the Yard Food Park. Picture a big, huge barn with a bar in it, and then all these food trailers wrapped around the outside, and he cooks the best barbecue I've ever eaten, and. You know, I know barbecues, you guys' thing up down there. You come up to Oregon, you either eat Mexican food or you'll have some of this guy's barbecue, but it's it's pretty good. I, I would love to hear your opinion on his barbecue as opposed to barbecue down there. So, oddly enough, there is a barbecue place down here that Josh and I are looking forward to get started 
or not started, but uh, reopened. And it's been in a process of getting reopened for probably a few years now. And uh, it's a little place called uh, in Fairhope. Let's see here. It's Ben's, it should be Ben's Barbecue. And that was probably one of the best places uh, to get barbecue at anywhere around here. And uh, so it's, it's actually called uh, Original Ben's Junior is what it's called. But everybody called it Ben's Barbecue. And um, yeah, that was by far one of the best places to get barbecue for years. So I am more than ready to try out some barbecue up there. So, and this fella, he, uh, <clears throat> each plate of food is like 25 bucks and it comes in this, uh, you know, the to go tub, but like one whole layer is just this, these baked beans that he makes. Right. And it's got all like three different kinds of meat in the baked beans. Um, so like for instance, the, the chicken one comes with four huge drumsticks, these baked beans, a thing of his, um, uh, coleslaw and then, uh, some cornbread. That I okay. shit you not, like a four inch square of it weighs a pound. Like it is the most dense cornbread ever, and it tastes like cake. Like it's just, it's amazing. And so, and it, the he he slow cooks the chicken on a barbecue, and it's just, it's amazing. The first time we went there, the wife and I each got a plate. Well, she's had uh, sleeve surgery, so she only can eat three or four bites of anything, and she's full. Right. So all I could see is me eating eight. <laughs> eight <laughs> drumsticks and you know a gallon of baked beans and all this cornbread and stuff she goes you're not getting any of this she ate on it for like three days <laughs> but it was it's such good food i mean if it such works it works food. but he's he's literally and he's literally only open three hours twice a day because he makes up a certain amount of food and when it's gone it's gone and then he'll close up his his trailer, and then the next day he shows up with a bunch of uh, food to cook. And once it's gone, it's gone. It's like, damn it! And there's always a line. It's like you go to this guy's trailer, and if you're not, you know, one of the first fifty people, then you ain't eating. Yeah. Then you got to settle on someone else's food, which isn't terrible there, but it's like, man, you get watered up thinking about that stuff all day long. Yeah, you're <sighs> right. There You're was right. one day I was like, well, what do you have? <laughs> I'm like, I'll eat just a, give me a bowl of baked beans. I just want your, you know, something. Just give me food. Love me. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yes. I'll, yeah. Drink, I'll, I'll drink that barbecue sauce. I don't care. <laughs> just, I just want to taste the deliciousness. Put it in my mouth. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's what she con said. Context, guys. Context, context check, please. <laughs> but, uh, that goes all the way back to the opening of the show, man. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about, but give me the answer now. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, because like down here, man, down here is so weird. Because so we got barbecue, we have Mexican, and then we have you know we have Cajun food, we have seafood, we have such a variety of things you can get into. Because just the the area down here is just. The history of food here is insanely rich. So I if, love that. If you're like if you're wanting um fantastic seafood, you can drive either direction, east or west, like an hour or so, and go get fantastic seafood. 
And if you want to go get some phenomenal yeah. like gumbo and, and true Cajun food, two and a half hours from where we're at is New Orleans. So you can go over there and get awesome. all the things you want, all the fixings over there. If you want to go and, and eat barbecue, I was telling them about Ben's uh, barbecue. In ben Jr.'s? Yeah, Ben Jr.'s. Oh, Junior's. God, it's so good. Yeah, so tell them, like, if you want to go there and get barbecue, you can. And there's other good barbecue places around here, but I don't know if they've about never this been. Area? Around here, some of the best foods you might ever eat might come from a gas station. Oh yeah, which is also a weird thing to tell yeah, people right? that's not here. Like, um, I don't remember. And, and, and up here, up here, there's like a lot of mom and pops Mexican restaurants, but then it's all like the for the like continental food. It's all like um, like chain stuff. Your Applebee's, your you know your IHOPs. There's not a lot of like there's a couple of steakhouses that are okay, but for the most part, if you want like authentic food, it's all the Mexican restaurants. Like there's not a. I got a friend of mine that owns an Italian restaurant, and her food is phenomenal. But it's an hour drive to get to it, and I'm like, ah, yeah. And you got to go to Portland. Yeah, drive through Portland to get to Troutdale to get to, get to. It. Like, yeah, it's not that but, good. <laughs> yeah. You know, nope. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, what Josh was saying about the gas station, um, this is probably one of the best stories I have. Uh, there's a place called Rickens Gas Station. It's mm. about five or six miles from here. It's not very far. There's this little old black lady who was a cook there, and she cooked breakfast and lunch, and that's what they that's what they have. Mm-hmm. And you could tell when she was there because there would be nowhere to park in this gas station. And when I say there's nowhere to park, they own about half an acre of laying around the gas station just so your your 18 wheelers and your trash trucks and all these other big big rigs apart there and it would be full when she was there and when she wasn't there it you could you could put anything you want on that gas station and you would be able to fill it up twice because she was not she wasn't there to cook so um you would have people drive from miles just to get breakfast from her Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's it's awesome. our biscuits in the morning, bro. Biscuits and gravy that you would want to eat every day for the rest of your life. I was late to school many days going going by there, or going to Country Convenience. Country Convenience is good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Old CCs, or as mm-hmm. they say it around here, old old uh, CCs. Go off. I have a, a friend of mine. I was on a junior national rifle team when I was fourteen, and this gal, um, she started waiting tables at this restaurant, and then she worked up to being a bartender, and then she worked up to being a manager, and then ultimately, when they decided to sell the restaurant, she bought it. Now she has two. She has one here, and she has one in uh, Lake Havasu. And when you go in there and you order a country fried steak, this thing, they at first they ask you, you want it baked or fried? And I'm like, of course, I want it fried. Baked and country steak fried steak? comes on its own plate. Oh, dude. And this thing's as big as the plate. Like, it comes on its own plate. Then your hash browns and egg and your toast come on another plate, and then your pancakes come on another plate. And that's the best eighteen you're going to spend in Oregon on a plate of food. And it's just, it's massive. And if you can finish that and the pancakes, you are a man's man, because that is a lot of food. Challenge like, accepted. It's, it's literally like... Dude, it is. Uh, George Pearson had visited for business once, and he goes, he goes, I'm going to be driving through there. Let's get some food. 
And I said, wow, I can think of only one place to take you. So I took him there and he talked about, he still talks about that. He's like, man, every time I think of Oregon, I think of that country fried steak. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I am. I, I am just, willing I just to accept like that challenge. Greasy food. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause I, my, my dad was from, my dad was from Texas. My mom grew up on a farm up here. So literally every meal we ever ate, something was fried. So I, I grew up with the good grease. And so when you find that on the out somewhere, you're like, Oh, that's, that's some good home cooking grease right there. Oh yeah. So here's, here's a question for you then. If you grew up with parents like that, did your, did your mom or dad ever say the bacon grease back into the, the, the Crisco bucket? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. We had we had a mason jar that sat on the stove. Even better. Would, oh uh, yeah. That would have just just the full thing, and then you just grab a spoonful of it when you're cooking it. Like in fact, today I made breakfast for the boys, and I cooked my bacon first. Then I split the grease into two pans, and I fried potatoes in one pan of bacon grease, and then I cooked the eggs in the other pan of bacon grease. This so, is the way. They're like, oh, dad, your food's so good. Yeah. So have we you don't tr- waste in this house. Have you tried cooking French toast in in the bacon grease? I'm just curious. No, just because bread's so damn expensive anymore. You can get a huge ass tub thing of pancake mix, um, but like good bread to make French toast with, it's like five bucks a loaf. And I have a bunch of sons that eat a stupid amount of food, so it's just not cost effective to make it with. Um, with bread, we just make pancakes when we're going to have something like that. Well, but yes, I do love. I do love the, like we made, I think last year we made French toast with uh, eggnog instead of just mixing up eggs. And oh, that made for some pretty damn good French toast. That yeah. sounds really interesting. I'm listening. Yeah. I've never been a fan of eggnog. But I love now, eggnog. Now, hmm. Well, what I was saying, yeah, what I was egg- getting at, if you take like a waffle or a pancake next time you cook it and you got a pan with bacon grease in it, or just like just kind of a little bit of it. Just put it in there for a second or two on each side. It adds a whole new world of flavor to it. It sounds like a little piece of heaven. Now, your mom being from... It makes everything better. It does. Your mom being from... Is, you know, an Oregon native. Did she... Did she wash clothes or did she wash clothes? You son of a bitch. Oh... So my my dad from Texas was the one that had the weird words like toilet and wash and wait instead of wait. <laughs> yeah, so the dad had uh, he had the weird words, and then my sister uses them all <laughs> now. It's just so I still fuck with her. She's like, As wait you a minute. what? <laughs> <laughs> Where where's your turn on that? <laughs> go, go 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 wash the toilet. Yeah, my mama, my mama washes clothes. She's from Kentucky. I was like, Mom, I don't know how to wash clothes. That's a different breed of folks all together there too. My yes, my brother was he he uh, he my so he had a different mom than I did. And one year, junior year of high school, my dad was a hard man. Uh, he did two tours in Vietnam. He was in the Marine Corps from 56 to 62, grew up in Texas and Arizona. He's just, he was a hard man. And my brother was an asshole's asshole. And he showed up uh, one time just as my brother had like thrown a coffee table at my mom that went out the front window. 
And my dad walked in that house, took him to the backyard and beat his ass like a man at a bar. And my old man could scrap. And he just like the next day, me and him put him on a plane to Oklahoma to go live with his mom. He's like, you're not going to disrespect my wife ever again. And put him on a plane with his eyes swelled shut, like beat the fuck out of him pretty good. And he was 17 and thought he was the man. And my dad explained to him quite aggressively that he was not. And so he went to live with his mom in Oklahoma. Well, he bounced around from Oklahoma to, to Kentucky. And when he came back to visit, like he was a whole different person. Like, and he was fucking weird. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like, what do you, what do you do in Kentucky that made you so he's, they would, uh, he would poach, I guess you guys got mussels down there. It's like a clam that grows in the bottom of a lake or some shit. Yes. Yeah. And he goes, if you have a license, if you have a license for mussels and you get caught with more of them, they'll take your truck and all that shit. But if you don't have a license and you're just poaching them, then they find you. So he never got a license. He was down in the bottom of a lake, poached them, and then had like a seizure and almost died at the bottom of his lake. And then his buddy fished him out. But ever since then, he was just a little weird. You know, and, and, you know, we never really got along. He moved back to Oregon and, and, uh, had found this gal and, and married her. I had gotten married and then he married his girl the week later and didn't invite anybody else from the family. And at the wedding reception, this gal was like the daughter of the, uh, only rheumatoid arthritis doctor in town who coincidentally was my dad's doctor. And at this wedding reception, people are like, Oh, where's your family? And he proceeded to, talk about oh my dad's a drunk and my stepmom's a bitch and blah 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 and he's just talking all this shit and i'm just sitting there listening to this just getting madder and madder and i finished my champagne dropped the champagne glass and it shattered and i looked at my wife and then i looked at him and i said we're leaving i spoke my last words to my brother april 21st 1994 mm. did not say another word to that dude um and then one day, a few years ago, someone's like, do you look like your brother? I'm like, no. So I Google him to bring up a picture to show people how much different. And he had been dead a year. And I didn't even know. Like, when you earn your mark from me, it's forever. And yeah. uh, so it came as a shock. And I, and I sent a message to his uh, wife. And I was like, look, I don't know what Scott ever said about me, but I never wished him ill. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss and whatnot. And she never messaged me back, which I thought was a little odd, you know, but you know, it's just family is weird. Like I got friends that I would cross an ocean to take a bullet for, and I got family. I wouldn't cross the street to piss on if they're on fire. Indeed. So, <laughs> that's just, <laughs> yeah. That resonates, so that's, that's man. A little bit more, you know, about Santa. Well, yeah. it resonates more than you know it does over here, it bro. It does. It does. For both of us. Yep. Indeed yep. it does. So what do you so you say you retired from the state? What did you do for the state? I worked in corrections. I worked at a youth correctional facility. Um and that's where I met my wife. Uh we were both uh worked there. She still works there. She's in like middle management and just absolutely killing it. And, but I, I worked on a low functioning sex offender cottage with just some of the biggest pieces of shit you've ever come across. And I just, I just got tired of being around bad people all the time and had an opportunity to sell real estate. A friend of mine was like the number one agent in town. And, and so I, uh, I moved on from that, but then 
as soon as I got my license and was about to start, our dumbass governor shut down the state because of COVID. So I wasn't, I couldn't go do my job. And then it just screwed everything up. Like I think I sold five houses in two years and those ten, twelve thousand dollar paychecks were pretty cool, but when they only happen every three or four months, that gets tough to live on. So mm. I had to find something else. But it led to the TV show, which ended up being pretty fun. Tell us about this TV show. So I didn't know I, you had uh, one. somebody had had saw one of my videos on the internet of me doing some cool shit as a Santa and reached out to me and Originally, Disney was going to do this thing called the Amazing Feats of Christmas, and they were going to have performers come on and do weird shit in the name of Christmas. And, of course, me being a strong man, they're like, well, could you deadlift buckets of coal? And I'm like, or tubs of coal? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, how much could you deadlift? I'm like, probably 700 pounds. And they're like, no kidding. I was like, yeah. And I said, in fact, I said, if you wanted to, I go, you guys got them carriages down there at Disney World, right? And they're like, yeah. I said, well, put a little gimmick up that your horses and reindeer aren't available and load them full of kids and I'll pull that. And they're like, how many could you pull? I'm like, probably 30. They're like, you could pull a sleigh full of 30 kids. And I'm like, yeah, I pulled a 19,000 pound semi. They're like, that is absurd. So that was in the works to, to happen. I was going to go to Disney World. They were going to film this huge, big live broadcast and they were going to air it on all their channels. And my family was going to get to go and everything. Well, then COVID hit and they literally shit canned everything that was going to happen. They mm. fired their entire developmental crew, everything. But then the guy that was trying to set it up is like, well, we got to find something else for you. And so he found another TV producer and they were kind of trying to find something because they're like, we know that you could, you could do something on TV. I'm like, okay, well, thank you for believing in me. Let's figure it out. And, then they found out I was in real estate and he's like, hold on, calls me back the next day. And he goes, I've got a person with HGTV and they're kind of interested. Let's shoot a little promo. So I do this interview. He puts together like this amazing video of all this Christmas scenery and everything. Me and my Santa suit, I'm answering questions, doing the ho, ho, ho. He plays it for the big wigs at Discovery. And he said, shit you not, this is the quickest they've ever pulled the trigger on a show. We played this video for them three times back to back. They all looked around the table. Everybody slapped their hand on the table and they said, green light it. He said, within three weeks, we were, we had a budget and we started filming. And so they filmed, um, at first it was a one hour special called Ho Ho Home for the Holidays, A House Hunter's Christmas. And then the following year, we filmed three more episodes three 30 minute episodes. And then they broke the original one down into two episodes and then re-aired it um, with five episode season. But the sad thing is, is they played it, excuse me, at 10 o'clock at night um, because for some reason I was, I was, and I have this theory, I was a little too much of an alpha for them. Mm. If you look at all the other house hunter shows, it's very silly fellows and guys that aren't very masculine. Well, me and Mike Cromer and Big Dumb, um, they were my swells, were in the show. And we're as alpha as it gets. We start every episode with some kind of strongman thing. We, we were Wait. deadlifting one day or doing stone over bar back and forth on another one. Oh, hold, you know? hold on, hold, so hold, hold, hold on, <laughs> You're what? You're swelves? <laughs> my swelves. So you <laughs> didn't my, mishear my what he little. said. 
Yeah. That is so Cromer's fantastic. Was, uh, like an mm-hmm. inch taller than me, and then Dom's like six five, and they wore elf costumes. It was the most hysterical thing ever. <laughs> uh, in fact, I got I got a picture. I'll send it to you right now. I think I may need to YouTube this. Yeah, ho ho home for the holidays. If, you, yeah. if you've got if you if you've got HBO Max or Discovery Plus, you can watch the whole season. It they they just uh, aired it on. They're airing it on um, HBO Max, which just blows me away. That's just that's so cool to me. Well, I don't that have any sense. of that, but I'm willing to make a fake email to get a free trial to watch it. That's a good plan. Mm. It's a good plan. Let's see here. There it oh. is. I just sent you. I just sent you, Josh, a, a picture of me and my swells on uh, on your Instagram. Ah, that's <laughs> so awesome! I need I need to see this. <laughs> that is fantastic. Hang on, I'm gonna send it to you, Jake. Okay. Dude. That is spectacular, and it was awesome. They had they had roles in the in the episodes too. They would like they come like people would drive up before they'd see the house. They're like, "Hi, we're you know Santa's little helpers. We're swells, and we're going to show you your house." They'd get them out, walk them up, and then you know I'd be standing there and like plug in their house, and all the lights <laughs> would come on and stuff. And it was it was <laughs> it was pretty magical. Oh, this is but, fantastic! Yeah, like six three and. and a, <laughs> It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It's a shame that they didn't want to keep doing it because I enjoyed it. It seems like your guys are actually not frustrated being in the L suit. That is another great thing. They are cheesing it. They were all about it. Oh, they were all about it. All about it. And they, you know, and literally they, they got paid like they got like a gas card for a hundred bucks to be in the show. Like they covered their gas to drive down from Kennewick, which is a four hour drive. Um, I think one night they put them up in a hotel, um, but they didn't get compensated nearly enough for what they did, but it was, there was a good experience that they'll never forget. You know, it's going to live forever. That is fantastic though. And you're right. Too bad that, uh, they didn't want to keep going with it. Cause now that I see this, like, I'm, I want to be invested in this show. Yeah. I can't wait to find it. And, uh, I think that that needs to go on the page's Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Big, big if, bad uh, Santa, the leader so of the swells. Goes, yes. <laughs> yes. So the, Santa the and the his swells. The, show, the gist of the show was I find people these houses, and then um, before they get their keys, we decorate them, right? And of course, the, it's movie magic. Right. A lot of these people had already bought their houses and, you know, they volunteered to be on the show before they moved in. Then we would decorate them. Well, one of the houses um, had this big uh, driveway that was a steep driveway and then a big set of stairs to get into the house. It was in Lake Oswego and it was an absurdly expensive house. But they chose it had like lofted ceilings. And so I carried a 14 foot tall christmas tree up the driveway and up the stairs and into the house that weighed no less than 350 pounds mm. it was probably almost a foot across at the base and i lifted it out of a out of a flatbed trailer or a flatbed truck put it on my shoulder and walked it up the stairs i got halfway up the stairs they go okay cut so i set it down and it's still on my shoulder i just lean it against the stairs as the camera guys run by me to get the shot of it coming in the house and then I pick it back up and then carry it in the house and set it down. But the houses were just absolutely amazing. They had a crew of people that decorate them that looked 
it, the houses looked like a million bucks. And a lot of the Christmas stuff they got to hang on to after it was over. Um, That's awesome. There were a couple of things that the show kept. They had like an $18,000 LED Christmas tree that they ended up keeping just because it was $18,000. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, a lot of the stuff got left behind. And it literally looked like uh, a store. <laughs> These houses had so much Christmas stuff inside them. It was amazing. Mm. We're going to have to find the show. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We are. Yeah. We need to do that. Um, it'll be, it, you know, the whole family will enjoy it because there's silly stuff. We went out to a tree farm and I took all my boys out to the tree farm and they started off. They weren't like really into it. A couple of them were like, Oh, this is dumb. But then they kind of got into it and they had a really cute moment where we you know, picked out a tree and cut it down. And there were some parts that they cut out, but there was a, where my youngest who was like, you know how every one of them old sitcoms had like the cute kid that did like the comic relief at the end of every episode. Yeah. That's what McGregor was supposed to be. Like he counts the rings on the tree and he's the way he talks, he's like one, two, three, four, you know, and he counts the rings on the trees and it was so cute, but I think they cut that out. Like, and to be honest with you, I haven't seen the last three episodes. People are like, you've never watched it. I'm like, well, one, I don't have discovery. Two, I was there when we made him, <laughs> so I don't really need to see. And it would probably just make me sad that I'm not still doing it because they really did put a lot into the shows. Hmm. I mean, it sounds like it. It sounds like they actually cared and wanted to make it good. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I, shin there, dude. I was showing, or Jake was showing me something on his phone, and I'm not left-handed, and I pitched it back with my left hand and got him <laughs> right in the shin. Right in the shin. <laughs> Uh, well, you were probably aiming for his, uh, for his North Pole, but be glad it just hit your shin. I got I could, it covered. Well, I'm, like I said, I'm left-handed. I wouldn't have got it. I'd have broke the window he was sitting next to trying to get it to his dick. Thanks, bud. <laughs> what? That's way too much effort for that. I'm not left-handed. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to just nick-nap patty-wet the fucking phone through the window? As I'm telling you, like I don't know where it's going. It's going to be a surprise to both of us. This is what I'm saying. Why so much effort? Well, maybe I don't know my own yeah. strength. You do know your own strength, asshole. You work out all the damn time. I had chalky milk today. And your point? That's 15% power right there. Chalky milk is not 15% power. It is when it's got two raw eggs in it. <laughs> no, I'm not letting you have this one. Uh-huh. No. And was, creatine. Oh, okay. Now you're going to throw creatine in it? Fine. I'll give you 50% because of creatine. I said 15, but 50? Okay, well, I'll take know, it. I said 15. Oh. You, got, you add that cre- creatine, you can't claim Natty no more. Yeah, oh, bitch. Oh, damn. Aha! Well, I wasn't anyway. That's besides right. the point. Fair enough. Yeah, for Mill Monster, I did the Mill Monster Classic in January. Shout out to Tab Hathaway <laughs> in Mississippi, female athletics. Um, I had just had my blood work done. I'd been on testosterone maybe two months around there. Maybe not even that long. And, uh, I had blood work done, and this was a couple of days after I'd poked, but I'd been, I'd been going pretty consistently with my dosage, and they called me and they're like, "Hey, are you okay?" And I was like, "I feel fucking fantastic." Why? I was like, "Well, your testosterone levels came back and they're a little off." Okay, what do you mean a little off? They were a little off before, and that's why you put me on testosterone. I was like, "Well, we can't get an accurate reading on it, but we can tell you that it's greater than fifteen hundred. And I was like, "Oh." Well, that's probably why I feel so good. <laughs> Even the, my blood was probably as thick as molasses, but you know, whatever. 
And just take a baby aspirin. That'll thin that out and you'll be fine. Oh yeah. I take baby aspirin every day. It's part of my, it's, it's recommended from a heart doctor. I take one every day. Good call. Good yep. call. Then you're going to be fine then. You're good yeah. to go. Yeah, man. It'll buff. Don't work itself out. Don't tell your doctor nothing. Like anything your doctor tells you, you can confirm that on YouTube. You know, your doctor's probably full of shit. They don't know nothing. They don't know as much as them guys on YouTube. So you're right. Just uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I watch because uh, that's their that's their livelihood. All of my medical advice comes from Rich Pianist Channel. That's where Brilliant. I get all my advice. Brilliant. That's, yeah. you know, and it seemed to work out really well for him. So you should be all right. Yeah. It worked out great for him till it didn't. I mean, I get a lot of answers from Snapple facts. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Snapple facts is the way to go. Thank you. Snapple facts for teaching me the kangaroos couldn't hop backwards. That was Daniel Tosh, but okay. Well, I, I'd seen that Snapple fact. Have I'd you? actually seen that. Yes. Yeah. Then you better thank Daniel Tosh for getting Snapple to put it on their caps. Well, I mean, I don't know the time frame. Hey, but I learned it, how to talk to women by reading Taco Bell uh, sauce packets. So, oh, yeah. You know, we all have our tricks. He's not wrong. I say some of the greatest things I've ever read from my life came from a Chinese uh, fortune cookie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Now, do you finish all those within bed? Like you, all you this, read the, you read oh, the yeah. cookie? Definitely. Definitely have Ooh. to add in bed at the end. Oh, have, yeah, yeah. So I got a question for you. Times. I got a question for you. Um, are you a big fan of like Coca Cola, Dr Pepper, whatnot like that? Or do you you try Dude, to dial I'd it back? I drink a six pack of Coke Zero every day if I could. Like I love the bu- like I'm hopelessly addicted to the bubbles. Like carbonated anything, but my flavor of choice is Coke Zero and all the different variations: cherry Coke Zero, vanilla Coke Zero. So good. I was no just curious because I was gonna I was gonna ask if you've ever heard of Jones Soda because you should it's you're up near where it's it was created at. I think so, um, but like I have to go with the bargains, you know, and that's I, I think that's more like a gourmet soda that is a little more expensive. Um, like right now, Safeway has buy two twelve packs, get two twelve packs for free. Jesus, you know, so you're getting okay. forty. Yeah, it's good times. So, uh, the last time I bought soda was buy two, get three for free. And so, yeah, mm. I, I have to go with the bargains. I don't blame you. Well, yeah, um, well, especially, yeah, now that the kids are dipping into the soda every once in a while. Those bastards. So I gotta, I, I'll get them like the, the diet. Yeah, I know. Just, <laughs> like living with a bunch of leeches, eating my food and drinking my beverages. <laughs> yeah, they walk around this house like they own the damn place. Yet I pay for it. Yep, just the old attitude. Well, it's been amazing because the boys, you know, they they eat a lot of shit that you microwave or put in the air fryer and stuff. And then the youngest one had a birthday the other day, and it's a uh, it's a tradition. You get to pick your birthday meal, and it could literally be anything. And you know, my my youngest McGregor could have picked Taco Bell or KFC or pizza or whatever. But he's like, well, let me think on it. So he goes to bed, comes out about 10 minutes, and he goes, I want that uh, brown soup you make with all the vegetables and meat. I go, beef stew? He's like, is that what it's called? It's like, yeah. He goes, I want that. And that made me feel good that of all the foods he could pick, he wanted my beef stew. So the next day I went to the store and bought all the fixings and made a huge pot of it. And, you know, the, the kids, I, I love that the kids like my, my cooking. 
That's mm. good. That made me. Yeah. 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 Well, there's not very many kids that like ask for things with vegetables in it, but he wanted that soup. Mine do. Yeah, his his children do. Mine do not shy away from the vegetables at all. Mainly because when they were younger, they did not get the choice. Well, <laughs> yeah. The reason why yeah. I was bringing up Jones Soda. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the reason why I was bringing up Jones Soda go ahead, go ahead. is that uh, they um, they actually have like fortune cookie things under their caps. So if you ever find a Jones oh, Soda, awesome. you, you read the bottom of the cap, you just add in bed. But so, with you being a diabetic, you definitely probably should stay away from the Jones Soda. They had, I think they had Diet Jones Soda. <laughs> I'll look. Oh, hell's bell. So out of the corner of my eye, I'm watching um, – the Dallas Philadelphia game, which for some goddamn reason Dallas is putting it up Philadelphia's ass, but the Dallas cheerleaders are coming out in little Santa outfits, little Mrs. Claus <laughs> get up. All right. So if I don't answer a question, if if I miss a question, you'll know what's happened. They'll focus. The, they just showed them walking on the sidelines. I was like, oh hell. Is that uh, does that uh, like the jingle thing. your bells there, sir? Is that getting your it North Pole does. a little bit stiffer? Is that it uh, does? It does make you want to jingle all the way. Does well, it make you uh, want to say ho ho ho? We can keep going with, with this wife for, a while. for fifteen years. I can't offer any rides on the Polar Express to anybody but her. But you know, I mean, God forbid something happens to her. I'm going to Dallas. Those girls look like <laughs> they need me. They look like they need me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the wife's sitting like six feet away, and there's no way she's not hearing this shit. So I'm probably going to get stabbed at some point. I mean, you can get her in on this too if you want. We're not scared to talk well, to we've, her. We've got plenty of material to remember you by if this is the yeah. last time we speak to you. Yes. <laughs> like he went out like a warrior. Yeah. <laughs> he went to Valhalla with pride. Just yell freedom as he stabs you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. That uh, just out of nowhere. It is Batista with the spear. Oh, RKO, vintage <laughs> Randy Orton. <laughs> oh, well, check this out. There's a there's a fella that he's friends with Hulk Hogan. His name's Justin Case. Oh man, his uh, his uh, Ryan something his. Damn it. I, and I just added him on Facebook, but uh, his Instagram's like the world's strongest Dutch American. Halloween time, he dressed up as uh, Big Van Vader and looked exactly like him. That's significant because he is like a bouncer and sings karaoke at Hulk Hogan's bar in Sweetwater, or Stillwater. Sweetwater? Somewhere in Florida. So there is and a Sweetwater, Florida. Yes, like, there is a Sweetwater. Yes. So Hulk Hogan has a bar there. And a couple of nights a week or one night a week, they have karaoke. Well, Hogan goes down there and sits and listens and like grades people on their singing. Well, big Justin gets up and he sings like a damn angel. And the bros are like every bit of 400 pounds. Um, but he showed Hogan one of my promos that I did um, for the master's class from last year. And I just nail it. I do the, the, the Hulk Santa impression for all my Santa maniacs and I just nailed it and he showed that to Hogan and Hogan's like get him down here he goes you got to bring him down here he goes we'd have so much fun with that I was like dude that would be so awesome 
So when you go, like this, the sport has blessed me with some cool people. Well, I mean, I can't go down limping on one leg and, and not being able to like catch a workout and I don't have it in a budget. I kind of, the, uh, the staying home is not as lucrative as going to work. So, but yeah, he's got an open, he sent out an open invitation. He goes, you come down, he's doing a, I think he's putting on a contest in like January, February. And he asked me to come down and be a judge. And he goes, Hogan's going to present the trophies. He goes, we could just kick it with him all day. And I was like, dude, how awesome would that be? Hmm. I mean, how much would it cost uh, to get down there from Oregon? I don't know. I didn't uh, even look. Yeah. I, a lot. If I booked the flight right now, it'd probably be like four or 500 bucks. Cause like when you fly out of Portland, even though it's an international airport, there's no direct flights to anywhere. So like when I went to Pensacola or Miami, I had a layover in Dallas, but when I went to Dallas, I had a layover in Denver. It's like, you can't ever get a direct flight to anywhere from Portland. It's like the bastard of airports. It's, it's pretty frustrating, mm. you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's fairly expensive to travel to and from Portland for, I don't think planes won't even go there. Like it was mm. cheaper to, to fly to Detroit. So. Boy. <laughs> well, speaking of children, as we talked about a few minutes ago, I have uh, I have three that I need to get in the bed. Because it is that's a good plan. It is twenty after nine currently, and uh, I need to get these babies in the bed. <laughs> so well, my whole family's had to be quiet this whole time. So the TV's down, and the wife's been watching the football game on silent. My other kids are walking around with their headphones on. So I'm sure they'd like me to release the house back to normal activities too. Well, it's <laughs> been uh, McGregor's looking at me. It's been a it's been a great great time having you in here, Albie. We appreciate it very much. Um, is there anything that you have for us? Um, not really. I'm doing uh, next Saturday. I'm doing a charity. Um, I'm at my gym. I sit for pictures and people. All they got to do to to get a picture with Santa is bring in a toy because we do a toy drive. But um, my gym, West Coast Strength in Salem, Oregon, would happily take any donations anybody wanted to do online. Um, and then the 22nd, I'm volunteering, and I'm going to be Santa inside of the Spruce Goose at the McMinnville Air and Space Museum. Tell me that's not going to be badass. I did it a few years ago. Inside the Spruce Goose, they light it all up with Christmas, and then people can come down and get their picture taken with me at the museum. And other than that, you know, just keep watching the comeback. It's going to be pretty magical. Well, I don't know what the spruce goose is, but that does sound pretty damn cool. Oh, dude, Google that. It was the world's largest flying uh, aircraft uh, in World War II. Howard Hughes built it um, as an amphibious airplane. It could uh, haul, at the time, it could haul a Sherman tank and land on the water. Um, He only flew it one time. To prove a point, but the thing is absolutely massive, mm. and it sat at a museum in San Diego for ever. And then um, the guy that owns Evergreen Air Museum in Oregon bought it and had it barged up here and moved and restored uh, to literally flying shape. They could fly it if they wanted to, and then moved it across the street inside this massive museum. But it's literally each wing is a football f- field long. Holy and shit. It's just absolutely 
Yeah, dude. Just it's look up Evergreen Air Museum or Spruce Goose or any of the history on it. But it at the time it was the largest aircraft that had ever been by a long ways. Are you looking at it, Jake? Like it's it's wingspan. Its wingspan is is still the longest in the world. I think there's only one other plane that rivals it um, for wingspan. That's crazy. But yeah, they've yeah they've completely restored it. They could fire up the engines and fly it if they if they wanted to, but it's nowhere near water, and it's an amphibious plane. Yeah, well, still, that's you know, God bless yeah. America for having people willing to do crazy shit like that. Dude, Howard Hughes was the man back in the day. And that's that's what's cool is, is my buddy is the chief uh, restoration mechanic out there. And so he took us on a tour. We got to go up inside the cockpit. I got to sit in the seat that Howard Hughes sat in to fly the plane. It was just like, I just, I have some incredible friends. That's for sure. And Dude, you couldn't land this thing in any airport in America. Yeah. Holy they, shit. They flew it in like some harbor and, uh, san francisco or something like that but yeah it's it's massive <laughs> so i get to sit in the fuselage of that and they light it all up and people get pictures it's a pretty it's a pretty special moment well that's awesome that's, bro. it's good to be me i'll say that i want to see some pictures from that that's pretty cool what the <laughs> hell are you laughing at definitely jake's over here dry even laughing at something i don't know what he's, he's laughing at he tried to be all gentle, throwing the phone back. He couldn't get it past the halfway point on the couch. Again, left-handed <laughs> throw. What are you doing with your right hand? Propping you up my let go of the phone. I'm propping my big dumbass head up. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I didn't realize I was. I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I didn't know this was. I love you, <laughs> dude. You look like well, you're we'll, about done. Let me get your. We'll get your doctor's number and increase your testosterone. We'll, Please we'll do. see if you can get the phone across the room next time. <laughs> Please do. No kidding. Help me be. <laughs> help me be a real boy again. <laughs> who's a big boy? Um, I was. <laughs> who's who's a, who's a big boy? I'm no, no not more. me. Not this time. <laughs> not today. Jacob, do you have anything, sir? Uh, I was going to ask if, if Santa had oh, anything he wanted to put out there, any Instagram or anything like that. Mm, indeed. Oh, um, so the Bama Hammer, um, Tyler, he is, we've worked on a project. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but watch for him to release it. It involves both of us, some very clever uh on a on a uh, beautiful Christmas tale, and watch for him to make an announcement uh, pretty soon. But it's going to be magical. Um, it's it's I'm really excited about it, um, and it eventually will be in book form. But uh, Tyler has got uh, something something really cool that'll be out uh, for next Christmas. I'm hoping everybody in our community buys one. So. Watch for him to make an announcement, um, and it, it's very exciting. And then I've got another fellow that's uh, putting me on um, his uh, supplement line. I'm going to have a supplement line coming out pretty soon. So just watch for the announcements and, and you know, buy my products and support this big fella, and hopefully I can uh, start attending more of these events with the budget <laughs> increased. 
Awesome. Cool. Are you still um are you still with Andrew and Kratos? Yeah. Um I just I there was uh somebody took offense to something I said earlier in the year and tried to get me canceled. So I haven't really been promoting a lot of my sponsors just because, you know, people are being stupid about, you know, if a word hurts your feeling, you really aren't the customer we're looking for anyway. Mm. So, um, yeah, I definitely, I love Andrew and I love all that he's done for me. We have, um, a cool clothing line with my likeness on it that I encourage everybody to head to his website and order cool fanny packs and tights and t-shirts and stuff. Um, but yeah, he's a good dude and deserves all the support because he's got good products and I wish nothing but good things for him. Indeed. Same. Um, I love him dearly. He's such a good dude and he is such a wonderful yep. ambassador for the sport of strong man. It's uh, it goes without saying that oh, that yeah. guy gets, deserves every ounce of love that he gets. And I was going to say, Absolutely. since we're, we're not worried about people trying to cancel us cause we don't care. No. Um, you're more than welcome yeah. to, to give your sponsors shout outs or your clothing line. You can, you can hark on that for a moment. If you'd like to your Instagram handle, go for it. Yeah, just, just big bad dot Santa. Um, and if anybody wants to buy my swag, then head over to uh, Kratos strength systems and check out his website and just do big bad Santa in the search bar. And you'll see all the products that they have uh, with my uh, ugly mug on it. Um, and to be honest with you, the tights are amazing. They're actually kind of thick and I wear them to deadlift. You know, you'll never powder your legs again if you wear these tights and you get a lot of extra power by having me on your ass. So <laughs> I just want to make sure everybody has that opportunity. Well, <laughs> literally, literally like down one leg says big, bad Santa. And down the other leg is this giant muscled up tattooed Santa and my face is literally on everybody's ass cheek. I am on. So I don't have to buy a pair. I, uh, (laughs) Mm. definitely, definitely. They're, Uh, they're, they're cool. I, I have like six pairs and can coordinate with any contest shirt that I've ever gotten. You know, I, I, uh, I just really love them. I, I can't. And I was actually sad when I was down in Arizona and I blew my knee. They go, um, we're going to have to cut these off. And I'm like, okay. And I saved them for a little bit. I was going to like hang them up in the shop. And I'm like, no, that's actually kind of a memory I'd like to block out. But you know, the tights did their job. They were, they were, they were good while I had them, but I have others. I'm going to have to look into getting a pair. Fanny pack has been a big hit. Like a lot of people love that. It's red, white, and blue, <laughs> uh, stars and stripes. And then it's got, um, my guy uh right on the front of it and so i i use the fanny pack quite a bit it's uh it's pretty popular very much so so shout out to our boy andrew papa's credo strength equipment check him out um check out big bad santa while you're there and give my my boy josh fox some love while you're there too fox it up check him out too um uh, and i don't know i might still have my shirt on there might as well look I might as well look, uh, look in, look under, look under Odom. Uh, my shirt may still be under there too. <clears throat> maybe, maybe. Nice. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, um, please, 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 any extra love and support and care and kindness and any positive vibes that you can give to uh, Josh and Sky Fox. They need every bit of it right now. 
Um, two people I love dearly in this world. They're just wholesome, good people. Can't say I can't say a bad word about either one of them. I can't say a bad word about any of their kids. I can't say a bad word about you know, anybody that's associated with with Josh and Sky. I mean, it's just you know I've met Josh's mom and dad, um, Ron and Christy. They're both wonderful, wonderful people. Um, his sister Chelsea is you know her husband's one of my best friends, Mister Will Irvin. Uh, just they're all great people, all just surrounded by amazing people. So just like anything you can do for Josh and Sky, even if it's just suiting a message that says we love you, that's 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 enough. That's that's something. That's not that your love will not go wasted. These people need it more than ever right now. And just I can't hop on it enough of how good these people are to me and everyone else around them. And, and I love them. I love really them dearly. They, they made me feel. They made me feel right at home when they got me down there for uh, to judge that contest because I, I barely known them, and they said, you know, we would love you to come down and and be a part of this, and they just took me in, fed me, showed me around all that great area down there in Pensacola, and then, uh, you know, kicking it at the pool in the evening and just relaxing and you know seeing all their snakes and stuff. They're like, do you want to hold them? I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> they look good in them glass cases. I'll just, I'll just leave your bugs and your snakes alone. Yeah, they take but it to the wires. Great people. And... What's that? He did. I believe. Yes, the we did go to McGuire's after the comp. After the comp. Okay, yeah. I was curious. They took it to McGuire's. Yeah, we did go to McGuire's afterwards. Yeah. Well, and it was wonderful. The look that Josh has on his face is. He's about ready to, to crash himself. So well, I my think eyes are dry. My contacts are dry now, and that is not helping me at all. Ah, okay. Well, I think we uh, I think we need to wind her down, and we very much appreciate you right. being on the show, sir. Yeah, man. You it was it was a fun well, time. First, you did great. You Anytime, especially if <laughs> thanks if, for having me, guys. If you find yourself down here, and ever. And you get a chance to swing by here and sit on this couch, bro. Come on, any day of the week. Oh yeah, if I'm ever down there, it'll probably be because of you guys and uh, and the foxes and you know it's just uh, so many good people down there. I would I would live there in a heartbeat. Oh man, we would love to have you. But for for Big Bad Santa, Mister Albie, for my brother Jacob Giles, for my brother Josh Fox. And for all you beautiful people out there, ladies and gentlemen, we are out. Bye, everybody.